This is KCRW. I'm Matt Gillum. Fast food workers across the state are walking off their jobs today. They're pushing for safer working conditions and better wages. Workers here in Southern California are adding their voices to calls for better health, safety, and employment standards. It's the latest in a string of labor strikes nationwide. KCRW's Daniel Chiriguayo was out in Monterey Park this morning talking to some of the people on the picket lines, and she's with us now. Hey there, Danny. Hey there, Matt. So what are you hearing from workers? Workers are fed up, Matt. They've described impossible situations with unruly, disrespectful patrons, untenable amounts of work, often stemming from low staffing numbers, a lack of PPE during the pandemic, and the list goes on. I caught up with Anelica Hernandez, who works at the Monterey Park McDonald's and has been there for the last 16 years. And today, she's on strike. She tells me she's faced rude customers who want immediate service, discrimination, and she's been saddled with overwhelming amounts of work. She says, for me, it's important to fight and use my voice and be heard so we're not trampled on and humiliated when we're doing two to three people's work and only taking home one paycheck. Angelica adds that as a billion-dollar corporation, companies like McDonald's can afford to pay their employees more than just pennies on the dollar. She even says a few days ago she was getting such bad headaches that she couldn't work. So she went to the doctor and was diagnosed with excessive stress and depression, and now she has to pay out of pocket for treatment of those ailments. But she says she's not just doing this for herself. I don't want them to experience what we are, she says, that we fall, that we get sick, and they just don't care. What I want is for those generations to have a job with dignity. Now you spoke to Angelica, but I'm sure other people are out there on the picket lines. Who, who else did you talk to while you were there in Monterey Park? I also spoke with Lisette Aguilar, who worked over at the McDonald's on Sunset in West Hollywood. She was there for 17 years. And at that branch, workers were experiencing wage theft, mistreatment from patrons, and even sexual harassment. And today, she's not on strike because she's been laid off. Now, Matt, Lizette's McDonald's recently closed for renovations, and Lizette and her coworkers were given a little over a week's notice about the closure. For reference, under California law, employers are required to give employees 60 days notice. And she says that now she's left without a job and a way to pay bills and, and a way to take care of her son. We have to eat, have to pay rent. We can't wait until 2023, she says. And what did they give us? Nothing. So they decided to close and have left us without a job. We can't live with these injustices. Wow. I mean, that, that, that sounds like a very difficult situation. Um, so, so what is being done on the legislative side? What can the state do to support these fast food workers? So there's legislation in Sacramento called AB 257, or the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act. And if enacted, the legislation would give fast food workers a seat at the table when discussing workplace conditions. It would also establish a statewide fast food sector council composed of workers, franchisees, and corporate reps, all to set minimum standards for hours, wages, and health and safety concerns. Here's Kenya Alcocet. She's a community organizer with the Poor People's Campaign and was also at today's strike in Monterey Park. We don't want sexual harassment in the workplace. We need PPE in the workplace and we need to make sure that the space in which we are working in are sanitary, but they're also healthy mentally for workers. She adds that this legislation just makes sense. In this country, we had 140 million poor and low income folks which means that a lot of those folks are working at places like McDonald's and not getting enough. So we're saying that there is plenty and enough in this country to make sure that workers have a good quality of life. 
We don't want to just be surviving, we want to be thriving. And this demonstration in Monterey Park was not the only one today. There were two others, one in South LA and one also in West Hollywood, all fighting for better conditions, for better wages, and really for a better future. Okay, so it's Danielle Chiraguayo. Thanks so much for talking with us and, and going out there in the field today. How many of us who've been working from home for the last 20 months will eventually go back to the office? It's a topic writer Anne Helen Peterson explores in the upcoming book she co-authored called Out of Office. She says that on the other side of the pandemic, there's a chance work will rotate more around people's lives instead of the other way around. The thing that we have to remember about working from home during the pandemic is that people's productivity went up. People were producing more. They were working more hours. They were getting their work done. And for some people, they figured out, I actually can work fewer hours and produce more. And so I think what companies have to be thinking about is how do we keep our workers in that high level of productivity while also figuring out a schedule that allows people to have that collaborative space when and if they need it or want it. But the thing that I see a lot of is like, we want all of the productivity that you had from working from home, but we also want you to be in the office a lot. And the thing about the office is the office is not generally a productive space for a lot of people. Just because they're distractions that aren't central to your actual work? Yeah. So there is a lot of waste inherent to going into the office. Some of that is just the commute, right? right. But I think people also forget that like the office required a lot of sitting around and being in your chair when you didn't need to be. And a lot of it too is just like hanging out with coworkers. That's part of the, the great part. It's part uh -huh. of what people really uh -huh. miss, but it's also not necessarily getting work done. This is a conundrum, right? Because employees have gotten used to having more ownership over their time. But if you look at it from an employer's point of view, I mean, how do you create a policy that is equitable, but also taking into consideration the fact that you might actually need certain employees physically in the building? So some of it is just re-examining tradition and like the pandemic forced that, right? Forced people to think, what does customer service look like not in an office building? What does a receptionist look like not in an office building? And then the other thing, too, is actually asking your employees what schedules work well. And what I've seen for companies that are figuring out this back to the office transition is figuring out, OK, what do we want the office for? What are the reasons why we want to go back? What sort of tasks are really important to do in the office? And once you figure that out, then you can figure out, OK, so we can allow people to shape their week around, let's say, we want everyone to be in the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 2. That allows so much flexibility in terms of not having to go into the office during peak commute times, being able to facilitate pickups and drop-offs from school, right? There's all sorts of things that parents in particular still need in terms of a flexible workday. And you can make that work. You really can. You just have to listen to employees and also not have arbitrary understandings of when the workday should start and stop. Are there any concerns, though, about companies who've gone fully remote? I mean, what are some of the drawbacks to having undergone a really big culture change through all this and now having all your employees remote? I think there still are going to be ways that they figure out to be in a space together, whether that means a once yearly retreat a quarterly retreat, 
more innovative ways of, of being online with one another and figuring that out. But also an important thing is understanding what is culture for? Is there an actual reason to like cultivate friendship with your coworkers? And this is sometimes the most controversial. Right, because everybody's all about a corporate culture and so many organizations and companies are like, we're one big happy family. No, that's toxic. <laughs> like I'm, when you think of your your corporation as a family, you, it's a toxic family. And so one of the things that I think a lot of people, particularly millennials, have gotten used to is using their workplace as their primary source of friendship or companionship. Mm-hmm. And that is the result of working all of the time and having your identity be solely defined by your job. And so as we start to disarticulate ourselves from that understanding to try to figure out like who we are apart from work, part of that means I don't have to be best friends with everyone that I work with. And if you have a more flexible life that isn't in the office all of the time, you can cultivate and sustain friendships that are not associated with the workplace. And that is so important. Hmm. You write about the lengths that certain employers are taking to kind of keep tabs on their own employees. So corporations who have maybe allowed telework in the pandemic, they don't trust their employees. Basically, they're spying on them. Yeah. So I think a lot of this has to do with managers feeling very insecure about how to manage. And I don't necessarily think that this is a character flaw or that there's ill intent Historically, managing has involved surveillance of some sort, right? Like eyes on the people that you are managing, seeing them every single day in the office or seeing when they they come and leave, how they interact with other people. It's been a very physical act. So I think that a lot of managers are hoping (laughs) that if employees come back into the office, then managing will get easier and also that their jobs as managers will become more visible, like the work that they're doing Mm. will be more tangible and easier to to ascertain to value. So I think that companies who are moving into this more flexible and remote style have to really be thinking about what does management look like? What does good remote management look like? It's not something that you can say, oh, I've just been doing it for these last 18 months. I know how to do it. It's a real skill. And the other thing, too, is I think especially people who are in power in organizations and whose job really is to kind of walk around and just like check on people, (laughs) they want to feel that power again. They Mm -hmm. want to feel like they are doing a good job. And and the way that they know that they're doing a good job is by walking around. And that's not enough reason to make an entire organization come back into the office. And Helen Peterson is the co-author of Out of Office, which is out December 7th. And it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. This reminds me of another, you know, this story. I don't, I don't think we were going to talk about this. Like, we didn't talk about this. But um, it reminds me, you know, last week when they were asking uh, Tomlin, coach of Pittsburgh, when they were asking Tomlin, about, you know, whether he was going to take the USC job because, you know, Pittsburgh is struggling, struggling this year. And he, you know, he lost it. It was like, you're asking me if I'm going to take the USC. He's like, they don't have a booster with a, with a large <laughs> enough check for that. He was like, do you, do you ask Sean Payton this stuff? Right. Do you ask Andy Reid this stuff? You know, right. so that's the, it's the same kind of thing. Like why he's not treated like Payton and Andy Reid, just like Russell Wilson is not treated like Aaron Rodgers, despite the right. same resume. And, 
Right. Though, though, though Andy Reid might be interested in that USC job now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You never know. <laughs> you know, Sean Payton too. You know, one more. You know, but it's it's the level of respect. I mean, the fact that re. I mean, that that his name was mentioned uh, by um, who's that? Carson Palmer. Right. Carson Palmer is the one who leaked. That's right. Uh, leaked leaked Thomas' name. Uh, but but again, but to your point, even that is he mentioned as one of the great, you know, Reed is, you know, every every week that he's like, oh, he's so innovative and whatever. Right. right. And so wait a minute, this guy took him like 50 years to win a Super Bowl. Yep. You know, yep. uh, the same thing, Sean Payton got one. Right. You know. And he's so, had bad years. Sean Payton's had like, you know, years where his team was terrible. Uh, right. You know, a couple. And, but Tomlin has not. And Tom, and Tomlin has uh, actually has terrible teams sometimes, like this year. His team is terrible, right. but they're still 500. Right. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have teams under 500. Like, I mean, you know, despite an old and aging uh, Roethlisberger, you know, all kind of injuries year after year, he still somehow keeps them, you know, above water. Whereas yeah. these other guys, you put them in the same situation, it's not happening. Well, that's, yeah, I guess this is all accrues to what we call the black tax. Right. You know, is that whatever your accomplishments, no matter how much you achieve, if you're black, it's never quite uh, the same uh, as your white colleague in any profession. Right. In any profession, no matter what you achieve, it's, you never get the, the shine that your white counterparts do. And that, that no matter what, whether it's the president of the United States right. or the CEO of a company, Right. You know, you never acquire. And again, that's that gets back to this institutionalized racism and 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 white supremacy, you know, that black folks just are not perceived as being equal. You know, we're keeping that vein of terrible stories. We moved to the NBA. You know, mm. uh, we've got ESPN dropped a story about Suns owner Robert Sarr, who at the very least is painted as just a, a terrible boss. Right. Just a, not not a great person to be around, and we knew that, possibly, that that was already public. Yeah, I didn't realize, you know, because I figure in Arizona, man, which is struggling whether it be purple or red, you know, uh, that you know Arizona is just a different kind of state. But this guy, just a really, just a terrible person, apparently. But uh, the story is about detailing a lot of uh, unnamed sources talk about his racism. Right. His misogyny, right. uh, his language, you know, just not a good person. And um, I, I'm not sure what the anecdote is there. I don't know if, unlike the uh, the Clippers guy, Sterling, Sterling mm -hmm. uh, there was no, there's no smoky gun. I mean, there's no tape recording of all the stuff that he allegedly said. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully. Maybe something will emerge. Email, right? Yeah, you know, once yeah. once it rains, it pours. You know that. Like once, once, you know, once you're, you're a little vulnerable, things more things seem to come out in these type of stories. But you know, you're right. As of right now, it's just kind of he said, she said. Uh, you have Earl Watson, former coach of the Suns, former NBA player. Uh, he came out and 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 said, you know, Sarver, uh, you know, used the N word in front of him. Uh, in a context of asking why Draymond Green was allowed to say it, how come I can't say it? And then right. Watson says, you know, he told he told him he couldn't say it.
then they had an issue of his, of whether of his agent being Rich Paul and Clutch, and supposedly Sarver had an issue with that. And and Watson claims that's why he ended up being fired. So, but like you said, uh, there's no proof of anything yet. But it sure looks it sure looks believable. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think <laughs> it probably is believable. I mean, the fact that you have one adult saying he used the N word, and this other white man saying I never did, knowing it was just him. And watching right. that's you know that whole you know your the former right. disgraced president saying you know deny 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 right. say no I didn't say that I never said that right. you know right. uh, so and that's what this guy's doing but um, uh, again we're in a climate where you know yeah I don't doubt it you know I mean I'm sure he said it but you know let's wait to see if somebody actually comes through with the recording with right. the video record here with the email, with the letter, with right. something that puts him at the scene as a crime. Right. Because with the, going back to the Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers, I mean, obviously that was the big thing. The The girlfriend had the recording. There was nothing he could really say to deny it. We could all, we all could hear what he said. And you know, the NBA was then allowed to, to come in and kind of force him out. I don't think there's any way the NBA could do that at this point. Um, based on, you know, the evidence is just not strong enough. It doesn't right. seem. Right. Yeah, clearly. Maybe, but then you had the black general manager uh, throw Watson under the bus, mm. you know, when there was some exchange where, you know, Watson said that Sarver was toxic. Then Sarver screamed back, you're toxic. Then you had Jones come in and say, yeah, well, a lot of stuff that uh, Watson said he was, you know, inappropriate language and stuff. So we kind of threw Watson a little bit under the bus. Then you say, well, he's, a, you know, the black GM, what's he supposed to say? Right. You know, you know, he, right. he's got a job. And you know, I'm curious, what does, uh, what does star black players say? And then of course, you know, you got Monty Williams. Who's right. Black. Right. And, but the, the interesting, you got Chris Paul, who's, who was part of the Sterling situation. Right. He, he was with the Clippers when all that went down. Remember, they uh, they took their jerseys off or something and put them in the middle right. of the court, whatever they did after that. Uh, but now Chris Paul is here once again, where where the owner, I mean, you know, accused of doing basically the same kind of stuff. Uh, and Chris Paul's got to be like, Jesus, I can't get away from this stuff. Right. <laughs> I, I really know how to choose them. Yeah. <laughs> One other story, and we haven't touched on this in the time between last Tuesday and this Tuesday. And you often tell us, Chuck, you live in Phoenix. Yes. And, and you're looking at a situation now with the NBA investigating its owner, Robert Sarver. Um, I want to say this. Um, Robert Sarver uh, did not own his sons when I played there. Phoenix is my home. So I don't know all this stuff going on behind the scenes. I've only met Robert a few times. He's always treated me cordial. The NBA has to do a comprehensive re, uh, in, in investigation. But I want to say this, um, and I'm not here because this bothered me. Uh, the story's out now that his wife has been contacting people. She cannot do that. This is a official investigation. She cannot be calling the witnesses. That's 100% wrong. Yeah. That's like, and for the, for those who the allegations are of uh, racism, hostile work environment with racism, racism misogynistic yeah. comments, sexist, uh, yeah, and 
Um, and yeah, and, and you point out, you know, that uh, ESPN had a report. Um, and I'm that, that and, some and everybody of those former employees have been, yeah, have been yeah. contacted. But by, she can't do by that. his wife, and she says it was not to intimidate. Although those who are have been contacted have talked about the messages they were given, and they see and they say they feel Adam Silver. Adam Silver has to step in. Like I say, I don't know whatever happened with the sons, but I do know Adam Silver's got to step in and tell Robert Sarver, you or your wife cannot like that's. Uh, you know, that's lawyer and one-on-one. You shouldn't be talking to people, the witnesses, in the middle of an investigation. Everybody knows that one. I mean, that's just 100. So Adam said, got to say, hey, Robert, I think his wife is Penny. I don't know them well, but they can't be talking to witnesses. That's 100% wrong. Of course, when there's allegations of this magnitude, it has to be an investigation. Me, personally, I played for Robert a year and a half. Never, never had a problem with him. Would never imagine any of this going on, but I'm sure people that's been working there longer than me have more and better stories. I was only there a year and a half. He was nice to me. His family's nice to me. But when you have allegations of this magnitude, an investigation has to be done. Yeah, 100%. The guys have, have hit everything on the head. Uh, and, and we will see because, because it's so many things, it, it would be hard to cover anything up if it is or isn't true. It would be difficult to do that. You'd have, it, it, the proof will definitely come can, out can with I so many. Can I say one things. thing, too? Sure. This is to anybody watching this damn show. Anybody watching this show. If somebody treats you bad at work, racially, sexist, whatever, homophobic, you've got to say something that moment. You can't be saying... Nah, I need my job. Nobody should work in a hostile environment. I mean, when you hear these stories, you're like, who would let somebody talk to them like that in a job situation? Like, I don't care how much money TNT or when I played in the NBA. If, if, listen, if I played for the Phoenix Suns and that dude said some of the stuff that's allegedly, I'd have punched him in the face right there on the spot. No amount of money in the world at any job you got should you be susceptible to a hostile working environment. I don't care if you are a maid. I don't care if you are somebody's housekeeper. I don't care where you work at in your life. If somebody's treating you bad, you are a human being, and you should defend yourself. Yeah. Meantime, in Portland, uh, investigation conducted by the Blazers of uh, Neil O'Shea and his uh, uh, conduct in what is also described as a toxic work environment. So uh, we'll stay on top of those stories as they continue uh, to develop. The Portland Trailblazers just wrapped up their game at the Moda Center against the Los Angeles Lakers. The uh, Lakers, who were missing LeBron James in the lineup, there was a final score there of 105 to 90, but the bigger story came before the game. The Blazers announced today an independent firm will be investigating the team's president and general manager, Neil Olshay. The Blazers say the investigation centers around uh, concerns with the workplace environment, specifically among non-player employees. Fox 12 Kendra Kent is live tonight at the Moda Center where the Blazers just finished playing. Kendra? 
Well, the Blazers are staying tight-lipped about the details of this investigation. They did tell me tonight that Olshay was not available for comment or any sort of interview regarding this. Now, meanwhile, fans say that they are curious to learn details about those allegations. the Blazers taking on the Lakers Saturday night, but the real spectacle for Rip City is happening off the court. And obviously, it's just an unfortunate, you know, unfortunate time. Head coach Chauncey Billups ahead of the game addressing the investigation launched by the Blazers owner into the team's president and general manager, Neil Olshay. I don't know everything other than what I've read, obviously, but um, I think it caught a lot of people kind of off guard. The allegations, quote, concerns around workplace environment by non-player personnel at the practice facility, according to a statement released by the franchise. But Yahoo Sports reports that Blazers employees accuse Olshay of creating a, quote, toxic, hostile work environment where staff have been intimidated, cursed at, and bullied. The Trailblazers have not confirmed that information or commented on the specifics of the investigation other than saying that an independent review of the complaint will be led by an outside firm, O'Melveny and Myers. Billups says he's never seen or heard Olshay treat employees badly and right now he's focused on the team. We're in a brutal stretch of games right now. I got a lot of other things that I need to be worried about. And fans tell Fox 12 they aren't rushing to judge. I want to hear the facts. The mere fact that he's been accused doesn't mean he's guilty. Waiting like everyone else to see how Olshay's future shakes out. In their statement, the Blazers also said they will take the appropriate action once the investigation is complete and based on the outcome of the investigation, the Blazers also said that they are committed to building a positive impact within the organization. Reporting live tonight at the Moda Center, Kendra Kent, Fox 12 Oregon. I, I don't want to cause any problems, Lieutenant. I just want a new partner. Oh, I understand. Your partner's a racist prick, but you don't want to stir up any bad feelings with him. Well, he's been on the force for a long time. And, uh, 17 years. And I do have to work here, sir. So, you don't mind that there's a racist prick on the force. You just don't want him to ride in your car. If you need me to go on record about this, sir, I will. That'd be great. Write a full report. Because I'm anxious to understand how an obvious bigot could have gone undetected in this department for 17 years. 11 of which he was under my personal supervision. Which doesn't speak very highly of my managerial skills. But that's not your concern. I can't wait to read it. New tonight, the Sheffield Lake officer who says he was targeted by his former police chief's racist acts is filing a discrimination charge asking the Ohio Civil Rights Commission to investigate. Officer Keith Poole spoke publicly for the first time today about that incident caught on camera back in June and shared more details about what was happening inside the department. Sarah Shookman reports. I felt like I'd been hit with a sledgehammer. Sheffield Lake Officer Keith Poole says this was the moment he found a note on his raincoat that read Ku Klux Klan, left there by his boss, former police chief Anthony Campo. Can you say to the chief of police, who done something so heinous and so awful to the first black officer ever. It's not understandable. I can't understand it. 
Today, Poole and his attorneys released more video from that day in June, showing minutes later Campo made a cone-shaped hat out of newspaper, also synonymous with the nation's most notorious white supremacy group, and asked Poole to wear it on his next service call. It was not a funny joke. It was offensive and humiliating, beyond anything I've ever experienced. Poole is filing a discrimination charge against Sheffield Lake Police with the Ohio Civil Rights Commission, triggering a full investigation and the first step toward filing a civil lawsuit. His attorneys are also asking the Ohio Supreme Court to press Sheffield Lake to release more records. Officer Poole, who lost a great uncle to KKK violence, claims the harassment started shortly after he was hired in September 2020 and was widely seen and enabled by other city leaders. And not only did he hurt me, but he hurt my family. He hurt my kids. Poole says Campo made other remarks and frequently used his department computer to create racially offensive images like these on faceinhold.com, targeting Poole, a Hispanic officer, and others, and posting them to department bulletin boards. These images were racist, sexist, And totally offensive. The city today wouldn't comment on the claim, saying they're under litigation. In June, Mayor Dennis Bring told 3 News about Campo. I even think he fathoms how bad this is. And he's going to realize it. So, and shame on him. And you know what? I hope he gets whatever he deserves. Campo retired the same day he was placed on leave and told 3 News by phone the incident was overblown and it was off-color humor. Poole's attorneys say they want the department to do the right thing. We have no idea how far this went, but I promise you this, we intend to find out. Officer Pohl is still working with Sheffield Lake Police and says he's supported by his fellow 14 officers. He's a Lorraine native with a 20-year career in law enforcement at other departments in the county. And Russ, he says he wants to be sure that this doesn't happen again here in Northeast Ohio or anywhere else. Mm, okay, Sarah Shookman, thank you. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, November 12, 2021. So I have been told. You hear that last comment? They said off color humor. I don't even know what that means like uh, metaphors that's tomorrow right compensatory call in but off color humor that should be in the word guide uh, someone gets a chance to ask Mr. Fuller have you heard that one off color humor and then that's used as a justification for clan pranks and the like in the workplace Anyway, neutralizing workplace racism, our weekly broadcast, we try to solve problems without creating new problems with regards to things happening in the workplace, clan pranks and the like. Uh, this broadcast, not for spectators. Uh, if you figured out some things that work well to help solve problems without creating new problems, uh, you don't have to worry. Your supervisors, they don't come and use workplace property, computers to make artwork and memes, gifts, 
to degrade and humiliate you other non-white co-workers in the world you don't have any of that nobody comes around and is asking you say why can't I say nigger you don't have any of that if you need a day off a week off you put your vacation time in you get it they don't come back and tell you a week later that it's been canceled you're compensated correctly treated correctly looking to hang out until you retire if you have figured out things to do to solve some of your problems minimize and or eliminate racism white supremacy in your workplace let us know how you did it we will take notes me first the number is 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate certainly if you have you know problems issues in your workplace let us know we will do our best to offer counter racist suggestions thoughts to help solve problems without creating new problems before we get to folks who wrote in called in all the rest uh, let's see I'll share a few thoughts on some of the reports that we heard this is not sports talk radio not even close I felt like I've had to say it a few times over the past 30 days however there's been so much, what shall I say, controversy, so many reports uh, with allegations of racism or other elements of toxicity in the workplace. Uh, if anything, uh, I hope it is a reminder. If we have any folks, you get fortunate, you get a job, professional sports, either as a player or as an executive, you know, you get a manager job or anything else GM scouting team anything related to professional sports don't think oh this is great it's just like childhood it's awesome make lots of money travel be around all these you know famous popular people nope you're gonna need to be codified in that work environment just like you would if you worked at you know Starbucks Target McDonald's jack-in-the-box you know pick whatever the environment is um, and a lot of what we've heard with regards to these pro sports teams and their problems much of it is coming back to policy and procedure are you doing you know what's in the manual are we doing all kinds of other things even the owner sometimes very important even you know you get one of those pro sports jobs let me get that policy and procedure manage manual because those type of jobs generally will have a manual now they may not follow it but they generally will have you know these are the practices this is what we're supposed to do this is what we're not supposed to do let's see looking at some of what we heard I thought the report from NPR they were talking about 
uh, returning to the work environment for the many mostly white people who've been working from home for the past basically two years. Uh, we've had some cows listeners who've had that too, but generally speaking, it's been more disproportionately white employees who've had that privilege, power to chill in their footies uh, on the couch uh, while they work as opposed to having to go in and do all that with masks and vaccines and everything else. One of the things that was said in that report was, hey, people working from home, it's changed things because many people, they spend so much time on the job, they view their work environment as their primary source of friendship and companionship. Totally incorrect. And that was said within the clip. This is not a family. You don't need to be friends with these people. In fact, you didn't fill out an application, do an interview, send off your resume to gain friends. You could have hung out on social media and did that. Get started a Zoom call. You don't have to like these people. Very important because so much of the rhetoric in the workplace is about family and we're friends, especially this time of year. They got to justify all these goofy uh, holiday parties and all the rest of it. Don't be fooled. Uh, and a lot of that can get you to lower your defenses where you're not being professional. That's how you end up with a lot of these sports teams problems. People that these are my homies. These are my friends. Sure, I can share some pornographic images with them. Tell a few nigger jokes. These are coworkers, not my homies, not my friends. I'm going to function like that at all times. And if anything, with all these disruptions and what have you, if that disrupts at some level, the yeah, this isn't a family. We just work together 30 hours, 40 hours, 45 hours, whatever it is. We just work together. We can be cordial. You can wish that person a nice day and everything, but that does not make them your friend or family. Let's see. The report that we heard. So we start getting all the sports stuff. And then we get to the police officer too. With the numerous sports teams. So the Phoenix Suns out in Arizona. Robert Sarver, the owner. Now this fella, I have no idea what the shakeout from this will be. ESPN did a report where they spoke to 70, 70 employees all kinds of allegations sexually inappropriate behavior that one right there especially if you got a whole if you got like dozens of white women saying he's talking about sexual activity and size of penises wellsing moment and all this hiring strippers and all the rest of it like ooh, I could see that being a problem where the NBA steps in and says you know hey we're gonna have to do something I don't know if you're gonna be able to keep owning this team or what but this is not going to be acceptable permitted tolerated they also got him accused they said uh, that he went to a black I believe his coach who was at the time Earl Watson went to him and said now how come Draymond Green who's a black player for the uh, Golden State Warriors how come Draymond Green run around here say nigger every other word and I can't say it now, I'm of the opinion that's anybody, any sort of work environment, a white person, even if a non-white person said that to me, this is not the time where we're going to get into some 
30-minute symposium on the N-word, appropriate usage, who can use it. What are you talking about? I'm probably not even going to answer that. The, the answer would probably be some form of, can you repeat that as I go to get my recorder, write this down, video, all of that. And if anything, it would just be questions. Once I've got a record that you actually did say this, we got witnesses and all the rest of it, then we just same thing. We always say question lane. So whom do you need to call a nigger? Mr. Sarver might be me, but that's fine, too. Whom? When? What's the context where you are feeling like you need to say nigra and you can't? And it would just, if anything, it would just be questioned. Why are you asking me? I work for you. Last I checked. Like, are you asking my permission to say this word? And if so, why? What authority do I have over your vernacular, your word choice? It would just be question lane. Now, we heard. Charles Barkley, victim of racism, that would be a cowbell. Now, important because he lives in Phoenix and he played for the Phoenix Suns, even though he said it was not at the time that Mr. Sarver owned the team. Cool in the gang. He says, hey, nobody should be mistreated in their workplace and have to be in a toxic environment. Some of the things that Mr. Sarver is accused of saying, and this is just, you know, scratching the barrel what I've said. Uh, if he had said those things to me, I would have punched him in the face. Victims guaranteed qualified. All of that said, I have never, ever seen where a black person in a workplace situation, I mean, we could almost extend it, extend it beyond the area of labor, but I mean, just limiting it to the job for the time being, I've never seen a situation where a white person called a black person a negro or said something racist in a work environment the non-white person bopped them upside the head showed off their MMA skills and things worked out well for the non-white person I've never seen that I have heard and we've talked about situations where non-white person ended up being charged criminally for retaliating in that manner lots of those types of situations lots of those where nothing happened to the white person at all it may have ended up being a type of thing where it's oh man Robbie shouldn't have said that but can't have people you know choke slamming people and elbow smashing folks across the head we just can't have that so workplace safety is paramount I've seen that a bunch of times I do not ever unless you you know are attacked yourself in this self-defense I do not ever recommending the same I don't care how much money it is what type of work environment if you're a cashier quarterback in the NFL in fact I've seen this in professional sports a white person white coach white owner whatever it is calls a black person some names is discourteous with them the black person responds putting hands on them what happens Latrell Sprewell that's one 
Latrell Sprewell didn't get a raise. He didn't get a promotion. He didn't get to go to the All-Star game. He got suspended for the remainder of the season and lost millions of dollars. Hugely detrimental impact on his career when he chose to go that route. So I do not. And it it baffles me because I hear that so frequently when non-white people in a workplace context specifically are talking about being mistreated, called a Negro, whatever it is. And it's all out of bopped him upside the head. I'd have punched him in the nose. They wouldn't have got away with that. Victims guaranteed qualified. You can do that. Many victims have already chosen to go that route. Like I said, I've not seen it be successful for anyone. Now, with the Phoenix situation specifically, I thought it was interesting. They said Robert Sarver's wife, I suspect a white woman, she had been calling employees, people who talked uh, or who were going to be interviewed for this investigation and what have you had been calling them presumably you know pressuring them about what they were going to say they said that they felt intimidated wow said consistently you can't have a system of white supremacy racism without racist man racist woman racist child the, again now this Sarva guy is talking about sexual intercourse and all this inappropriate conduct his wife is not out repping for team white women like Oh my goodness, you are not going to treat my sisters like that. And I don't care how long we've been married. And this is a disgrace. That I, I got his back. What you, I, I got your back. The hate you give. I don't know what Rob said, but I got it. I get on the phone and, and get these boys and gals in line. They talked about Phoenix. We heard both Bill Roden who uh, and Jamal Murphy brothers on sports uh, Bill Roden again he wrote 40 million dollar slave so we heard them talking about the Phoenix situation we heard Charles Barkley discussing the Phoenix situation uh, as well and they pivoted they said oh man Portland they also are having an investigation heard the segment talking about that literally as that segment was playing and they were saying there's going to be an investigation and we don't know what's going to happen yet. We have to look at this and see what's going to happen. This is in Portland, right down the road from me. The news ticker just flashed on my screen. The Portland Trailblazers team president, Chris McGowan, just stepped down. Like, literally, I just saw that. Like, I'm, it must have happened minutes before we went live or at some point this afternoon. But he literally just resigned from his position as president of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I don't know about the uh, GM. Uh, he was also mentioned in the report. I don't know if I think Neil O'Shea, that's his name. I don't know. It seems like he's still employed, but wow. I can only say again, policy and procedure. A lot of this seemed uh, making sexually inappropriate comments and pornographic comments. We've had a lot of that just with professional sports. John Gruden sending all those emails of naked females and everything. I cannot stress enough in the workplace. That is not the time. No porn on any of the machines, computers, cell phone, any of that. This is not the time or place to be talking about your sexual exploits, who you think is cute. Certainly not anything about any of the employees who work there. None of that is appropriate. Certainly, if you are a non-white person, you could be fired that day. E 
even if you're a white person in this environment, it seems like a lot of them have been getting in trouble for this sort of thing more recently. So it would be solid code. I'm not participating in any of this. If anybody tries to bring any of this sort of material content to me, emailing it to me, trying to talk to me, you know, about pornography and strippers and appearance. I am not interested in that at all. This is not. You can even put it in the form of a question. Is this appropriate conversation for a professional work environment? And see what they say. And that might be one. If people are doing that in your workplace and it's supposed to be a serious place, policy and procedure type thing. If there is any sort of meeting, I would ask in the meeting, you don't have to identify anyone and say that Bill said this or Ted said this or whatever. You could just say, hey, in the interest of maintaining a safe, professional work environment, let me give some examples. Are these types of uh, comments? Is this appropriate for a professional work environment? If you all have any sort of workplace meetings or what have you, and just give an example of the types of things that are said. And if they say no, everybody heard that. Just make sure we're all on the same page about what sort of comment commentary is appropriate. What sort of behavior is expected from us when we enter this building or when we're on the job, whatever it is. Speaking of using the uh, workplace equipment incorrectly, the last segment that we heard was about the police situation in Ohio. Uh, so we had a black male uh, officer, Keith Poole, uh, and he talked about pattern, one of my favorite P words, uh, a pattern of behavior where the chief of police put some KKK messaging on his jacket and then took, I guess, some piece of paper and formed it into a cone uh, like the Klan uh, regalia and, and told him to wear it. Now, again, these are enforcement officers. Safety. I'm so glad they referred to the Klan as a white supremacist organization, a terrorist organization. I believe Mr. Poole said that he had family members who suffered, died from violence from the Klan. None of this promotes a safe, that word again, work environment. Document, pictures, particularly you can use that P word, pattern. He talked about them coming in and using workplace equipment. Now imagine you're a black person. You're coming in and using the computer, the, the jobs computer or whatever it is, tablet or whatever to come in and make these images where you're demeaning uh, and degrading your fellow coworkers and then presumably sharing it amongst, you know, office members. What can you imagine? A black employee behaving in that sort of manner and it being taught it being it being chalked up. What do they call it? Chalked up to off color humor. I could not imagine that under any circumstances for all of that, it would be document, document, document. Many workplaces, they have policy and procedure. Uh, about offensive images. That's the language that they'll use. Offensive images or uh, even sometimes just use of work property, company property for non-work related things. This for sure would fall. I mean, is this what aspect of policing requires you to get on the computer and make some sort of demeaning image of a black coworker? 
that alone is to get to wasting time they call it time theft do that on your own time if you got to make these goofy images go on your computer at home and do all that document document I would want pictures all those images nab save pictures of the what a KKK node and and the hat I think he said he had video of all that so that's slam dunk uh, but document and that's what I mean in terms of the response the police chief comes in KKK no got my KKK cap why don't you put this on you could punch him in the face you could do that you'll be the one terminated in fact you'll be the one probably facing criminal charges way better stay calm take a deep breath pull out your phone and start taking pictures and or pull out your phone and just start recording that is the best procedure as opposed to getting mad we say all the time number one component of uh, countering racism being codified for the workplace in particular composure you cannot get upset so much of this what they're doing these images and what I mean even think about that now this this white guy the police chief I'm sure this is not like a 13 year old a 15 year old I could be wrong but I don't think this is like some uh, immature teen this is probably someone who is well over 40 years old I bet this is your conduct in a time of what they call national health crisis you should be worried about is my staff vaccinated do we have masks I got those vaccine cards in order and all the rest of it are people out rioting uh, over mask mandates and what have you in Ohio nah, 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 nah. I'm in here doing clan pranks racist jokes number one priority worldwide individuals classified as white uh, let's see uh, I'm going to get to one email and then we'll hit the phones. Uh, email is untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. Uh, I had someone uh, who, not that long ago, I guess within the last month or so, they said, Hey, Gus, what the heck is going on? in Toronto I haven't heard from her and some of the other folks Kizzy's cousin uh, with us right now good to hear from her but some of the other folks missing out workplace racism what is going on I said number one the cows has been sabotaged I mean yeah we're in a global pandemic and everybody is stressed and lots of things going on but there's been so much sabotage one victim of sabotage be in Toronto had tried to call in repeatedly and kept getting blocked and all these obstacles and not being able to get on the line, which I've heard from so many cows listeners. And it's happened to myself as well, where I've had to call in sometimes 15,000 times. So usual suspects, uh, but being Toronto still hanging out, uh, still unfortunately being victimized. Uh, so she emailed in, make sure she would not be prohibited from sharing. So this is B uh, in Toronto. Uh, she writes, I hope this email finds you well. I would like to submit a report on my current situation at the job. The utopian job that I thought I had finally found is now a nightmare. I admit I was duped. Happens to the best of us. At first, things went very well. Or so I thought. I was receiving validation for the hard work that I put into the organization. I was coordinating 
contract services for the places and people I supported in the social services sector. It was a contract position at first. I was offered another position with another company, yet this one counter offered and I naively thought the counter offer was a testament to my good work ethic. My contract position was converted into a full-time position. I was elated as it meant long-term employment with benefits for myself and my family. In retrospect, I realize now that it was red flag number two. Due to lack of validation and consistent disrespect experienced at previous jobs, in retrospect, I realized that the validation of my work was in fact compliment bombing, completely missing red flag number one. I thought the organization was progressive and that the supervisor was also progressive. Well, that turned out not to be true approximately three months into the full time. I recognized the change as the supervisor kept trying to draw me into malicious office gossip. Doesn't that idiot pretty right? He'll say no name calling. And then he'll say, oh, one of Mr. Fuller's 10 stops is also no gossiping. Let's see. Kept trying to draw me into malicious and it's always malicious. It's not gossiping like, oh, did you hear such and such? They had a new baby. They got a breastfeed and everything. It's spectacular. Oh, it's not that. It's, oh, did you? Let me get back to the <laughs> malicious office gossip regarding other departments that I did not work with. My position was mainly isolated as I worked out into the community, visiting the houses I support. So interaction with other departments, such as head office and locations outside the catchment area of my support was very limited to non-existent. Knowing better, I made sure to document each time the supervisors did this as I had a sinking feeling that one day I would be the subject of malicious gossip. That's always how it is. You know, patterns, there's my P word again, the best way to judge someone's character. Sadly, I was correct as I'm in the midst of a smear campaign launched against me by the same supervisor. The change in treatment became most apparent when there was an, uh-oh, there was an anti-oppression training. Already know that that's red flag number three. It was a really good training. I submitted my contributions and the facilitator of the training said that he should have me join in other trainings as what I was contributing was stellar information. Oh, I had mentioned at the training that in addition to the land acknowledgement, recognizing that Aboriginal people residing on the land first, a slavery acknowledgement should also be considered as Canada benefited from slavery, also known as human trafficking. I was receiving good reviews on my contribution for most except from the supervisor who remained silent. That was red flag number three. Shortly after 
the supervisor called me up asking me if she could set up the facilitator for the anti-oppression training on a date with her friend who is a nurse what <laughs> we just did all that talking about dating and all the rest of it that that's you know not really appropriate for the workplace that's not what she filled out an application for I gotta even read this again to make sure I got this right shortly after the supervisor called me up asking me if she could set up the facilitator for the anti-oppression training on a date with her friend who is a nurse I don't what how did we get to indigenous population in Canada and we stole their land and should acknowledge slavery Canada practiced enslavement of black people and all that yeah 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 hmm I got a cute nurse friend and I think they'd make a great pair. What do you think? <laughs> do what? Let's get back to the report. She writes, I thought this was an odd request and suggested to the supervisor that she do what she thinks is best. <laughs> what? I thought we were. Yeah, I don't, I don't get involved in workplace romance. Cupid is not my strong suit, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Good job, B, and not even getting involved in that. Shortly after that training and the weird question the supervisor asked, I began experiencing mistreatment. The supervisor would block me from important meetings, be very slow to providing resources and or not provide them at all, continue to dump malicious gossip tell me to do one set of tasks or provide misinformation and then tell me that it was incorrect as I was not to do what she had told me to do prior and name calling not name calling Ugh. the supervisor had the nerve to say that I had a slave mentality because I asked her whether I could attend a business meeting I was invited to I think that's name calling too. What is slave mentality? I've never even heard that before. What is a slave mentality? Question lane, always in the question lane. I know it it can't be a slave mentality is making sure that I have permission to attend a certain event or training. Is that a slave mentality? I shouldn't check in to get permission, make sure it's okay that I do this. I should just go off and do whatever I want. Hmm. She continues, I continued documenting the incidents with dates and times. Bravo. The mistreatment became more and more frequent, interfering with my duties. The supervisor began falsely accusing me of doing things that never occurred, like claiming that I called her up and whispered on the phone that a tenant's boyfriend was fixing the heater, which never occurred. She would also season me with false criticism, claiming it was professional feedback by stating that I was anxious and fearful. That's that old slave mentality. When I would ask for specifics, the supervisor would give vague statements. When I would again ask for further specifics, the supervisor would go silent. Again, she was lying. I was not receiving appropriate feedback to enhance my professional growth and development. I found myself having to fight for basic information to perform my duties like 
requesting policies and procedures to streamline services and to ensure I am in alignment with what the requirements of my duties are. The first few times I had to ask for this basic resource, I was told by the supervisor that I needed to use my common sense and that when she started 17 years ago, she wasn't given that information. Hopefully we're not doing things the same way that we were 17 years ago, right? Progress, refinement. Uh, let's see. Oh, I lost my place. No, no. I thought to myself, how negligent. Isn't a supervisor supposed to provide these resources? How could an organization like this allow this to happen? I have been in many situations in past employment where I did not have information to care for the client, but by the time I left those contract positions, information was plenty and shared to ensure continuation of care. My ideas were being suppressed and were stolen. My contribution not being valued. Basically, within one year and six months, according to the supervisor, I went from star performer to now someone who doesn't know anything. Now, does that make sense? No. Perhaps the source of concern is the supervisor. I also recognized that I was not getting any feedback from the supervisor or manager about my work performance. That is very common uh, where it's not training. It's not even feedback so that we can correct and make improvements on your workplace performance. It's just nagging and criticism to erode your confidence. And so that, oh, I'm just a no count worthless slave. I can't do it. That's what it is. It is not at all about, oh, I just want you to be better. Get this feedback. You got a 9.5 on your evaluation today out of 10. Get this feedback and you will be perfect. It's never that. Never that. Uh, let's see. It myself, after asking multiple times for a work performance review, finally received one over one year and four months later and it was an interesting experience. I was informed that I was not using my resources effectively because I sent too many emails. Mind you, the emails were requests for updates on work orders, accessing PPE, or requesting for replenishing cleaning supplies to which the supervisor was literally stonewalling me and not providing the resources. I was told that I was rude because I asked in an email to the supervisor if I could count on her leadership moving forward as the resources I needed in order to do my job were not being replied to or furnished. I was told that I needed conflict resolution training with clients despite the fact that I brought up how the supervisor told me to stay in a particularly charged situation only to claim that I provoked the client and later accounts of the same situation. I brought up the inconsistencies, but it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. I was asked to sign the work performance review. I requested that I have further time to review and process. Always a good request. To date, I still have not signed it. After the mediation, the executive director calls me into her office to ask, how did you find the meeting? Along with, I only have 30 minutes to spare. 
In my mind, I had less than two minutes to spare. My response was, the meeting went. She said, is there anything you wanted to add? My response was, no thanks. Thank you for your time and exited the office. After months of this Ill, Ill treatment from the supervisor, I reached out to the manager about the situation. The manager said that she would request for a mediation that would involve herself, the executive director, the supervisor, and myself. I had already negotiated with myself that I could not control the outcome, only provide the evidence that I had. I shared the evidence of all that the supervisor had said and done. What happened? nothing but a cover-up to protect the supervisor the supervisor lied denied feigned victimhood an oscar performance the executive director had the had the nerve to turn to me to talk about professionalism they did not request my notes no investigation was done because if they had done the investigation the organization would have to do disciplinary action against the supervisor and the supervisor and the executive director are friends of course to top it all off the executive director claimed credit for my slavery acknowledgement idea I had posed months earlier at the anti-oppression training tacky uh, there is a union but the supervisor are close friends with the union stewards of course upon weighing the risk benefit assessment I decided that my energies are best spent looking for other employment at the mediation I had asked the supervisor if she was trying to get me fired or trying to create such a hostile environment to get me to quit I got my answer that day at mediation so right now while still employed at this toxic dump of a workplace retaliation has been occurring the supervisor would deliberately leave behind important documents the supervisor books two to three appointments running along the same timeline my mileage reimbursement is now being interfered with receiving abuse by proxy from the supervisors enablers it is exhausting having to deal with this I have requested vacation days to get away from here after very long consideration from the supervisor it was approved my sleep is affected we will discuss that tomorrow maybe today too but definitely tomorrow I'm feeling depressed I cry a lot when alone and have had suicidal ideation that is super serious there's more to the letter I'm just pausing here that is super serious like much obliged for sharing but there have been so many reports I'd say over the last basically two years uh, with the COVID situation but I've, I feel like it's even been an uptick over the past six to eight months uh, because it's just been so much anxiety and stress for so many people especially victims of racism all over the world she's in Toronto uh, but so many people uh, it's just been uh, difficult in terms of mental health and having all of this stress uh, it just seems you know endless uh, that it's just on and on and on relentless even here she was talking about PPE and cleaning supplies to stay safe and, and even that's being uh, difficult 
mental health is so serious. I've said many, many times over the years, one of the reasons workplace racism or this broadcast is so, I think, important, not for anything that I say, just because so many black people, especially end up being traumatized terrorized from their workplace situations Pam wrote about this in one of her books Black Love is a Revolutionary Act where I mean it just you you literally get to that point the breaking point as they call it where you don't know what to do you can I mean Pam she talked about a black female who had a breakdown had to be in a mental institution when it gets to that point man like that nothing is more important than your mental health absolutely nothing I know everybody we all have to eat we have bills to play I don't have uh, offspring but I mean you know parents you have offspring to take care of so you know nobody or most of us are not really in position where we can just walk off of a job and you know all that type of a thing but I mean whoa once it's got to the point where it's that big of a mental trauma like this has got to be I've got to get out of here like immediately like being in that sort of situation where you gain an extra 20, 30 pounds, which Pam uh, wrote about and many others, uh, where you gain an extra 20, 30 pounds or lose 20, 30 pounds in an unhealthy manner, that is serious. That is a deleterious health impact. But once it's at the point where, it, wow, I'm having suicidal ideation, I'm depressed, this is a major emergency. Uh, this means talking to health professionals, counseling, all of the above, uh, your health, mental health and well-being is so critically important. And so many black people, non-white people on the whole, but black people in particular, all over the world end up in these type of environments. And I mean, it can end up doing damage. That is not something that's just wow that was a rough week or whatever it can end up being damaged that lasts long after you have left that place of employment so I implore you uh, be all of us in a weak position where I guess a lot of us even below the border anything that we can do to help support uh, if that's helping support to reaching out and getting professional help uh, counseling just so that you can uh, vent some of your frustrations uh, and then get some uh, maybe some tips strategies on ways to mitigate and then assistance also in helping to get an exit plan to get out of there. Um, B has been calling in for such a long time, uh, or even though she wrote in here, but she's been participating in workplace racism for such a long time. And uh, I've never heard anything this bad. Like she's talked about being bullied and things in the workplace before, but wow, if it's gotten this bad, definitely speed up whatever the exit strategy is immediately take that super serious i know some people or many of the folks that we've talked to are somewhat resistant about reaching out to any sort of mental health professional if they're a white person i like a thousand percent i got it especially if your problems are directly related to racism like they are here i got it we've done programs before about mental health Blacko was one of our guests. He had that exact same thought process that it's messed up. You know, I don't want to talk to a white person, they're racist and all that. And he said, man, I was in this spot feeling suicidal, major mental health issues, racism, white supremacy, most to blame. And he said, I had a therapist. She was a white person. He said for him, it was helpful not thinking of it as I'm going to this racist to get help, but I'm going to someone who is at least trained in mental health they should be able to give me some strategies that I can use myself on my own to help myself. 
And he said that's the way, kind of thinking of it in that manner, that helped him and it was beneficial. This is Black on talking about this in the archives uh, at the cows. And we've had uh, even Dr. Welsing would say that. I mean, hey, we've heard Dr. Welsing talk about, you know, her many, many problems with the American Psychology Association, Psychological Association and all the rest of it, American Medical Association and white people in general, uh, you know, who have groused at her about her talking about racism, white supremacy. I spoke with Dr. Welsing specifically and she said, hey, if you're having serious mental health problems, Speak to a mental health professional, even if they're classified as white. Maybe you don't get to talk about all the different manifestations of white supremacy, racism and how it's impacting you. Maybe you don't get to do that, but at least getting to address some of your issues, like I just said, so that they can hopefully give you strategies to help you work on some of your problems on your own and even seeing if there's some black, you know, therapists that are available in your area. I don't know what Toronto uh, offers in that vein, but take it super super seriously they've even I've even we played on the compensatory call in at several reports uh, talking about the increase in the number of suicide for younger black people uh, and folks in general not just black people but people in general during all the stress over the past year or so and that that adds to it lots of people been in that position seeing all these people getting fired and losing their job in the midst of this pandemic and man I don't want to be you know unemployed and all this and what's going to go on and my family and all the rest of it so I I totally I empathize uh, I, like I said I'm not a parent so I don't know how that how much stress that adds to the situation but wow uh, please 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 Take care of yourself. Reach out. You certainly have my information. Uh, you know, if you need to talk to someone, I know that can be helpful sometime as opposed to just being isolated and having to bottle all that up and just sit with that day after day after day. Let me know. I am absolutely certain there are cows listeners, people who've heard you. I just said there were people who were like, man, where's B at? I miss hearing her. I am certain uh, there are cows listeners who would do the same thing. Anything that they can do to help if it's helping to look for for counseling options in the Toronto area. I know we have some listeners in the Toronto area, whatever it is, uh, they would be more than willing uh, to help. Uh, I know many of us, we've been so appreciative of you participating and offering great uh, suggestions and input over the years. Uh, but mental health, especially when it gets to the point you're having suicidal, suicidal thoughts, that is nothing, nothing to minimize take it super serious if it's anything that we can do let us know um see if i can get back finish up what she wrote here she said my emotions oscillate between feeling very angry and feeling helpless my energy is drained mentally and physically i've done what i needed to do i spoke the truth that is what i console myself with sometimes that's enough sometimes that is not enough I've spoken with my doctor, Bravo, about what is going on. Kindest regards be in Toronto. Um, you don't say the second T in Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Um, much obliged for sharing. I've said for a year, we've had uh, neutralizing workplace racism for five years, five plus years or so at this point. And I've said like, hey, I get it. This is not, you know. I am so excited to dial in and talk to Goofy Gus uh, about how I've been mauled and abused in the workplace and how that's made me sad and depressed. Like, who wants to call in and share that? Nobody. It is important. Uh, it's not just be this happens to so many 
black people and then happens to black people who have no resources don't have anybody that they can go and talk to about this and kind of put this in some sort of uh, understanding in terms of why this is happening and then get some assistance in terms of getting out of the situation and getting out of this rut where you feel so drained that I can't emphasize enough that is the result how she concluded this report about feeling drained no energy mentally and physically drained angry depressed sad all of that that is by design in my opinion I could be totally wrong but I've seen this enough all of it to come in and the false accusations everything she said wasting your time accusations that you you know you called me and were breathing on the phone you know playing pranks like what are you talking about to have to waste I can't even just come in and do my work I gotta come in and fend off all these false accusations about this and that and that is exactly what it's designed to do have you angry frustrated and all of that takes a toll on your mental health I don't think white people are ignorant about that at all we will drive these niggers crazy and then say they got draptomania schizophrenia or whatever else it is uh the conclusion of this is the most important thing. I just want to make sure one component that I don't leave out. I don't know what the when things really started seeming like they were going bad here because she said at first it seemed like it was OK and she might have just been tricked uh, by them coming in and doing the comment bombing, which I guess I would tell victims of racism. Be mindful about that. If you work on a job, a lot of white people or non-white people and they oh, my God, you are just the smartest little black girl we've ever had here. And oh, my goodness, you do the best way uh-huh. in one ear and out the other. They're probably calling me a nigger as soon as I leave. Don't be fooled uh, by all of the trying what do they call it? buttering you up. Even if it's non-white people, unfortunately, I'd say the same thing. Uh, but she talked about at the beginning. They, I guess, what was it the anti-oppression training? Any of these trainings uh, that they have, because they do this stuff in the states too: sensitivity training, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training, anti-racism, any of that stuff. I wouldn't comment at all. I've said that for a while. If anything, it would just be questions. I don't have suggestions. I don't have a thought. I don't want to be on the council. All of this is racism, white supremacy, and it might even be. We'll do this so we can cross off all the boxes. And yep, Andy, yep, yep. All right, so nobody's going to tell any nigger jokes, or at least we'll do it off the clock. Okay. All right, check that off the box. And we get any niggers. You try to come in here, you're going to flex your counter racist logic. Try and act like you're going to say some things and really call out and be accurate, logical in how we talk about all this. Oh, that exactly what she said. That is a red flag. And we've seen this before, too. People in the stateside beneath the board have said the same thing. Now, they didn't get this level of abuse, but it was, ooh, who's that Negro over there saying this and that? We had a black male who he said he, he was, I think, just asking some questions and making points during one of these type of seminars. And they came after said, oh, my gosh, we should have had you on the panel. Hey, maybe next time we'll get you on the panel. They volunteered his service. Like, eh, eh, eh. Any of that, nothing. I don't have anything to say. I'm going to be here with my notepad. I will be the one that's silent. I said, if anything, it's a question. I wouldn't even ask a whole lot of questions. I would come with the idea. This is not serious. They're not sincere about ending racism, white supremacy in the workplace, oppression in the workplace or anywhere else. I'm just going to come and take notes. Maybe I'll ask a question. 
maybe I won't there will be no statements that's just my recommendation because I've never seen where these type of uh, whatever you want to call them phony forums anti-oppression workshops or whatever I've never seen where anything constructive happens for the black people even the one that I just referenced the black male this started as black mental health exactly what he's talking about that's what this started as hey can we get some extra vacation days for the black people victims of racism can they get a raise no we gotta come in matter of fact he ended up saying they wanted him to explain what white privilege is to the other white people that's how that's the evolution of their anti-oppression workshop so yeah if anything do not get excited or participate in any of those feel like you know I'm going to speak up and, and share something and quiet listen attentively take notes if anything ask a question and that's it wow that is so uh, yeah this is not sports talk radio neutralizing workplace racism is super serious for many reasons I said last week we were talking about Brent Mack black male who was killed by his white boss and buried beneath a septic tank while at work I said that right there that's why we do neutralizing workplace racism every week this is another one very serious you're saying this I'm putting this under the rubric of safety this is a super unsafe work environment that B is in get out of there as soon as possible but this is why recognize these signs anybody else if you're having these signs if this is how you're feeling take it seriously the number is 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, certainly as always folks who uh, in the email until justice at gmail.com uh, for folks who uh, if you certainly as always you have your own situation you like feedback uh, it, certainly if you have figured out some things that work well get racist to leave you alone solve some of your problems certainly share but uh, this is so important. I mean, this is, you know, the crux of, of why we do neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, we have any folks uh, with any uh, suggestions uh, for be in Toronto. We'll do that first. And then, um, yeah, we'll, you know, get everybody else their comments and thoughts. But uh, any folks who have any um, suggestions, uh, feedback uh, for be in Toronto that is so serious once you are being that impacted uh, by things that are happening on your job uh, let's see uh, first few folks I, and I will be reaching out to be I probably won't be able to do it today it's time difference three hours time difference between here and Toronto so it'll probably have to be uh, tomorrow by the time we get off the air here it'll be 11 o'clock I try not to call people too late uh, on the east coast but I will reach out to be in Toronto uh, over the weekend and do my best from a, a far distance to uh, check in and, and see if there's anything I can do to help. Uh, let's see, folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, any suggestions for uh, being Toronto? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Our caller in Georgia. 
Hi, hope everyone's having the best evening they can have. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm sorry she's going through this. Again, it's, I, from what I've heard in the past, she's very diligent about documenting or letting or um, keeping track of what's going on. Um, I think I said this before, they probably have a similar program in Canada. Um, they used to call it the EAP, Employee Assistance Program. Um, again, the job that I had, the job that I have, I'm seasonal. Again, I'm just a seasonal pro employee, and that benefit is available to me. Was is available to me when I go back. Um, any mental issues? I mean, they do more than just mental. But if you're having mental turmoil at work, definitely um, at a minimum take advantage of that. They can't tell the employer because it's supposed it's confidential. Usually, the counselor doesn't work at the company or anything like that. That's how they set that up. Um, of course, I think like you said earlier, don't don't hit anybody. Hopefully, you know, she doesn't get to a place where she's thinking about violence or hitting people. Push, don't do that. Um, you know, that's just, I mean, it's just wrong. If no one hits you, don't hit them back. That's just not what you do. Um, and I can't think of anything else right now. If I listen back program, something happens, I'll let people I'll um kind of say something. But I wanted to bring up um I just saw an article just now. Um of course they set it up weird, but um when you click on it, the little click says teachers are quitting and there's a black person's picture. And then when you click on the article it says substitute teachers are needed more than ever. And this black person, black male, of course, is actually a substitute teacher stepping in to help educate children. Um, but that's something to be mindful. If you're an educator in the workplace, you may see that more people who don't have your qualifications are coming in. And they're going to come in with different ideas, good, bad, or whatever, not knowing certain things. So, And in addition to educating your children, you're going to have to educate, probably have to educate them as well. So, you know, that may take a toll on you. And for educators outside of college tend to um, not get weight, the wages people think they should get. Um, and also that will affect their children because they won't have a steady um, educator. Even if, you know, even if they're quote-unquote bad educator, you will at least know in time how to deal with that bad educator. If you're getting random educators, that's going to affect them and um, you know, that inconsistency especially when they need to learn certain foundational things in a consistent that you believe are foundational in a consistent manner that will affect them. So I appreciate, you know, those who are parents and trying to be parents and, you know, just you know, an additional warning. Um, you know, I'm not one, but, you know, I would have to, at this point, if I did, I don't know where I would get the resources from, but I, my children will be home. At least they know me. <laughs> um, and don't sell yourself short in terms of teaching. Um, there's certain things you know that your children need to learn. Um, and... Oh, when you said about the off-color, not being confused by that, I am too. I did look it up. Then it said it included blue 
and black comedy. Now, from last I heard, at least blue was a color. So I don't know if you're off color, but you're a color. So yes, I can understand the confusion in that as well. Thank you. Blue and black comedy. I don't know what that means either. Like, uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert at, at humor or colors, but uh, I, I guess I will say one thing. That's an interesting twofer because normally they say, man, you called me a nigger a again and I will beat you until you're black and blue. That's normally what I hear those two colors mentioned. Uh, he was said reverse blue and black, but same thing uh, is, is somebody is getting a good beating. They've been battered and bruised. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. Black or blue and black humor. Like, uh, hmm. I'm still confused. And again, none of that relates to racist pranks in a police station. But I'm confused. Um, much obliged, our caller in Georgia, for uh, in terms of I don't know what resources they would have in Canada either, but I suspect it would be something similar in terms of resources for employees. Uh, where they can go if it's counseling, whatever it is, take advantage. I don't know if they have something uh, similar similar to FMLA, uh, but that might be something to look at as well, especially if you can go get counseling and talk about the stress and how this is impacting you. Um, but I mean, yeah, take that super serious and because that can happen too when you get so frustrated, like you were saying, you get frustrated and ended up lashing out in the workplace. That can be a part of it too. So just really uh, do everything you can uh, to uh, try to take care of yourself and just recognize I'm like, wow, this is so dangerous uh, for your health uh, and well-being and doing the best you can to try to extricate yourself uh, as soon as possible. Uh, let's see. My excellent point as well. Uh, those resources being available to temporary employees. I think a lot of times uh, or many times people will think if I'm a seasonal employee, if I'm not full time, because uh, sometimes those resources are not available. Make sure you double check to see if you do still qualify so that you're not missing out on services that you have every right to uh, take advantage of. Uh, let's see. Oh, and the teacher, I forgot that. That's so uh, they put an image up of a black teacher. I think she said a black male uh, educator to say, oh, man teacher quitting left and right you know they don't want to get the vaccine and all the rest of it whatever it is uh they put an image up of a black male they don't have very many black male teachers we talked about that young academic we talked about that over and over and over uh less than five percent of educators black males that's no accident so it's not black males teachers who are quitting not by a long shot then you get into the article and oh substitute oh substitute teachers to come in now that right there you want to talk about some exploitation we heard all about that young academic not going to allow you to matriculate through the uh, master's program that way you can be a higher earning educator get all your juicy benefits and all eh, keep you down here as a you know substitute that way we don't have to give you all those juicy benefits we don't have to give you a juicy salary either and you can be moved around. You can have a set classroom. You can really start to lay the foundation for how you want to teach, what your you know kind of process is as an educator. And talked about that repeatedly. 
in. I mean, you want to talk about an exploitative situation as opposed to whoever the black person in the photo was. He could have been hired full time teacher benefits and all that. Nah, nah, nah. Keep you as a substitute. Now we bring you into this situation where it's all crazy. You've had people protesting at schools, threatening educators and what have you about these mask mandates and all the rest of it. Are the students going to be vaccinated? Are they not? Are they going to wear masks? Are they not? Are we going to have to shut the school down and go back to viral? Yes, that's the environment we'll bring you in as a substitute. Like, eh, why would I be excited into going into that? Am I going to have to bring in pepper spray to knock out a parent? Brawl over these masks and all the rest of it? Get contaminated myself? System of white supremacy. I don't have parents. I think she said I'd be trying to do what she said. Uh, homeschooling. Lots of folks, I guess, have been motivated to do that during all this, for sure. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in again. If we have any folks who have um, suggestions uh, for being Toronto and trying to deal with her uh, situation, let us know. Certainly, if you have your own situation and all that, you know, that's fine too. Uh, number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, other folks with us uh, with a hand up, commentary to share. Can I be heard? Uh, Bay Area Mom. Yes, ma'am. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Greetings to um, all the participants. Um, uh, anger. I'm so I'm so agitated because I think about be a lot. I just don't call because I don't like to be. I like to terrorize people. And then there's a uh, the three hour. I don't really care about three hour difference. But for other people, they might not want to see my number on their screen. Um, you know, three hour difference. So I'm going to just dig into my system and find her number. And I don't want to blur, you know, just all those random calls bugging her, but just suggestions to her situation. I I do agree with the um, some form of therapy uh, counseling. I had to do it. I work uh, with um, children as well, and not just that. Just I'm just in the on the plantation in this system, and I get treated accordingly. So um, I had to uh, do uh, therapy. I have group sessions every Monday, and then um, I speak to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, therapist, whatever they're called. Um, every maybe once a month, but every week I'm in a group therapy um, meeting for an hour and a half, trauma um, group. Uh, it helps. I don't talk about um, any of my issues in the group. I just, if I have something to say, I do it with the therapist or psychiatrist, whatever, whatever they are. But I know it's the psychi it's a psychiatric uh, department in um, Kaiser Portal. Um, I totally suggest that, uh, especially because, because Toronto, the way they deal with their Negroes, it's all the same, but every, every place has a particular way that they deal with us. In Toronto, they're, 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 they're very particular. And, um, as far as, uh, 
her work environment. I would just do what I have to do until, you know, of course, you keep your resume updated and transferring. I know we're always expecting this one to be it. Oh, this is it. It's not it. They're never it. It's just something to do until the next thing happens. Um, because this is just for B, because you know um, the system and how it works and how we operate, I just think that you just do everything you have to do. If there's some, um, as far as uh, what you do know with the um, protocol and you're on vacation, take that vacation, go back in there with your cases. It, I can see that too, them picking at you with the overlap of um, the timing. Say I have a meeting at 2, two, two o'clock, the last hour, and then you give me another one at 2.15. I could totally see them doing that on purpose. Um while you're on vacation, just figure out a way. I know it's stressful. I'm so agitated. Just figure out a way to deal with these people until you're able to leave and find another um, plantation that may be less less stressful. Um, And and that's it. I I will... uh, should have reached out. Not like there was anything that I could do, but I know it's so it's it's great when you can have someone that can kind of respect your statements, listening to you versus just some ah yeah. So ah, sorry, B. Anyway, um, me workplace racism. My workplace racism. Um. My um, I have my resume updated. I'm I'm still looking. Um, it's complicated dealing with the parents. Um, it's complicated dealing with the supervisors. Well, not not the not the black one is. I can, I can. T- she's tolerable. It's the one that isn't. And um, I had supervise. I have uh, she scheduled a supervision for me on my vacation, which is, I believe, was done on purpose. She scheduled one last week that she canceled. She scheduled one this week, canceled. Scheduled one for today, canceled three times in one day. She just kept changing the times until it just got to where I'm not coming. And... um I, I um, it's not that I don't care. I'm just uh, checked out, so I just go through the motions. Even with uh, getting up today, I didn't want to go to work today. I didn't. Oh, I could just called in, but I said, "Well, just knock it out." I just have to think of um, maybe the children may need something from me. Maybe there's something that I have that they may need, and if I call in they'll be affected. So that's how I have to look at it um, going in. And I I don't, every morning I don't want to go, and I don't like that. So um, with one of my clients, um, I remember speaking last week, stating that she she doesn't trace her name, she doodles. Um, 
the uh, nipple nipple WWWE one circle one circle one big circle. So that's what she does. So mom was home yesterday and today, but the little girl put her out today. The little girl told her to go and start screaming. So mom got up and left. She's silly. So um, mom told me yesterday. Oh, yeah, because I know the reason why she doesn't um, want to treat her name. And then her mom, of course, she always talking. So she, whatever happened, the subject got to whatever mom interjected and was talking about. And um, then I said, no, what did you say about um, why she won't trace her name? Or what was you saying? Oh, yeah, I was just saying, I know why exactly why she won't trace her name now. I was like, oh, what was it? What? Share. It's because she thinks her name is Baby, not what her name is. And she said, yeah, so um, I said, I could just write baby, and, you know, she could just trace that, but then that's not her name. Look better. Ah, it's just getting on my nerves. So um, <laughs> I had to, you know, so I go in the day. Grandma's there. Mom got kicked out by the four-year-old. And um, Grandma was fussed. This Poor grandma. It's a lot of pressure. So I think, too, sometimes with grandma, grandma has nobody to talk to but poor me. And I had to listen to all that. And then I think I got a little pat on the back for listening to grandma because my black supervisor said, and I know grandma can talk, but I appreciate the way you, you handle her. And so it's it's known how, it's visible how grandma can talk and then just cut you on chop, chop, care about your degree, chop, 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 chop. So, because that's what she does that to the supervisor, too. And the supervisor said, oh, well, okay, yeah. Well, so what I was trying to say, uh, you know, but it's a trip. so she cut me off. She was asking me something about kids. And um, <laughs> and I'm trying to answer. And she because I this, because I this, because I do this, 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 and we do all this. And blah, 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 blah. So I, I remember what you said last week. I think it was last week. Just listening. I'm just looking. She's going a whole thesis. She's got all these buckets of words, and she's talking, defending herself. And there's nothing to defend because you asked me a question, but you're not giving me a chance to respond. So I said, well, I'm trying to help you. So if you allow me a chance to respond, I could tell you what I was thinking. So she just keeps on going. So I just never said anything else because <laughs> everything is, I know, I know, I know. So then um, when I finally did get... Um, a chance to say something. I said, well, well, that's on you. So, you know, at the end of the day, these are my children. I just work here. And um, I have no problem with not working here. Every day is my last day. So I have no problem. That's my answer to your question. And now she's looking. Oh, well, no, I'm just saying, you know, because me and you, we're just... You know, because, we, we, you know, I just, you know, these kids and this and this and this. And I said, no, it's fine. It's fine. I understand. It's got to be a lot of pressure on, you know, just a grandmother taking on a parent role. You know, I understand. And, um, you know, I just wish you well and good luck. And um, good luck with that potty training, too. Because she's with do the Oh, but no, I, I already changed her a few times. Potty training is a goal on my sheet. I have to do it. And she's like, you know, well, you know, I just changed her before you came and, but it's no big deal. All she does pull down the pull up, sit on this little dirty, filthy pot that I wouldn't want to sit on either, and um, just sit there because she's not nothing's coming out. She's not doing anything. But oh, we're trying to get up. Oh, let's go. Trying to get up. She doesn't want to sit on the pot. And um, 
said, well, don't worry. You know, soon this won't even be on there. So don't even worry about it. And she said, no, 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 I want to do it. I'm just saying I know her little butt is raw. and you know, from Because she's the one that would hold her stool. So she'll be five, uh, five days from now. And she's still in diapers. And she has, she's not interested in potty training. Um, mom doesn't do any of the goals. Grandma does it all. Grandma does everything. And um, I try to be, I'm not, I try, I'm not abrasive. Um, I try to have c- compassion for the elder that's doing all the chores, but it's, it's, it's becoming overwhelming. And um, I never care about getting fired, especially, particularly from this job. I'm, I take every day as if it's my last day. I'm never betting on the next week working at um, this company probably a lot of other companies too, but in particular this company. So um, I'm very disappointed in um, how the system is 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 working with the children. It's, it's, it's designed for something else, to funnel them into something else, some kind of robotic warehouse-like situation to me. So... Um, <laughs> I'll um I'll I'll meet my line and thanks for taking. Much obliged, uh, Bay Area mom. Uh, I'm pr- well. I don't want to speak to B, but speak for B. Uh, but I suspect she might be cool. Uh, with a check in. Uh, just to see how she's doing and all that. I think for a lot of, I know at least, you know, many cows listeners have shared with me over the years that <clears throat> that is helpful. Uh, like you said, like many of us, because of racism, we are surrounded with many victims, non-white people, even attempted family members who don't want to hear about racism, don't want to hear about workplace racism or any other type of racism. Uh, and if you, even if it's you are experiencing racism in the job, they are not always receptive and supportive. So, yeah, I think, you know, whether it's cows, listeners, or just having someone who could check in who they understand we're in a system of white supremacy and recognize the types of patterns that be talked about that happen to non-white people in the workplace all over the world. Uh, and, you know, who can just be supportive if they have suggestions, great. But even just someone who is a, a sympathetic listener, that can be helpful uh, so many of us end up being totally isolated uh, going through all this abuse, which makes it, you know, way more agonizing frequently. Um, in terms of, I don't know, just in terms of a super brand uh, resume is updated and looking to get out of there. Love it. Hopefully that will happen soon. Um, just being on a job where because our baby mom she's generally not calling in where people are are mistreating her and calling her names and that sort of thing but i mean whoa people wasting my time she talked about her supervisor uh like oh let's let's do the meeting at one uh, uh, uh i got a cappuccino wait a minute let's do it at two uh, 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 uh let's do it at three uh you know what it's not even working today i'll catch you next like that sort of thing and again, we're servicing 
black children here it sounds like lots of non-white children like what the hell like just total disregard like being in that sort of work environment where I said where you, you can't even say hey I'm I'm gonna do my darndest like I'm on this job I'm gonna work hard do as much as I can for these children that's undermined because it's like man I don't even have support to do that like my supervisor is blowing off me and she said this sort of thing before we've got meetings I'm trying to get you know plans updated for these children so that we can be more healthy eh that's not a priority got other things going on blah 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 all this nonsense um even I think the attitude that she talked about is perfect like this could be my last day that's just what it is I understand that I'm not coming and trying to be fired I'm not being flipping about it I'm not coming late and all the rest but I totally get this could be my last day as a victim of white supremacy I could be fired in the next five minutes absolutely right that's kind of draining too I mean that's the case for any of us but I mean man like you're working on a job where it's just no nothing like I'm not developing my career this is not enjoyable the clients aren't even responsive a lot of times that she's talked about like this is not cool at all like that would really wear down my motivation Um, also uh, the point in terms of getting a job and thinking like this is going to be it this is going to be the job it's not going to be any racism they're going to value me they're going to show some appreciation for the hard work that I put in like no try as best you can to not be thinking that way even if you work for you know other non-white people maybe even exclusively other non-white people um, how great the compensation is when you first get there how complimentary they are when you first get there like none of that stuff and then you can be surprised if it turns out that this is it this is the job that you have been waiting to get and psh, I'm going to hang out here and have my feet up on the desk for the next 30 years well then great you can be surprised but no even if you're there for a year two three four five years and it seems like it's cool nah I don't think non-white people in a system of white supremacy can afford to allow our guard to slip in that manner especially in the workplace where we relax and think oh yeah this is great everybody here loves me they're not going to do anything bad to me and I'm safe nah no I don't care how much money you make how cool the job is no I think uh, Bill Roden was talking about in the segment I played at the beginning he was talking about some of the professional coaches where they're making millions of dollars every other day Mike Tomlin he's won a Super Bowl that's who he was talking about he said Mike Tomlin black NFL coach made millions of dollars won a Super Bowl gone to more than one Super Bowl has coached the team I don't a long time now, more than a decade, every other day is some discussion. He should be fired. Why don't we get a new coach? We should get a better coach. Like, but <laughs> that is the system of white supremacy racism. Um incidentally, Dr. Welsing, the throwaway children, so important. If you're gonna have those children, do as best you can. Like having a child where they're just doodling and not even doing their name. She talked about that last week, like man. We already talked about the education system, racist educators and not really having black males, not having black teachers, period, for a lot of folks. Uh and then teachers not wanting to come back, like, man, nothing about the educational system as it's currently set up by a racist man, racist woman, racist child is about your child doing well so if that's the kind of start that you're getting off to where 
you're not even tracing your name and you don't have parents, guardians who are there to even just that. Just tracing your name is not, eh. Throw away children, as Dr. Francis Cress Welsing said. Uh, much obliged, uh, our Bay Area mom. Uh, so the number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, before I'm just the educational environment that's set up for us, teachers, students, everybody. This easily could have been workplace racism, but I'm playing it tomorrow for the compensatory call in. But it easily could have been played today. They had a black uh, principal in the U.S. who was threatened. It was so bad she was crying on camera, like I can't believe this happened. They were talking about killing her and all the rest. I think this was some for something goofy like masks or you know some rumors she's going to start critical race theory thesis for the kindergarten class or something goofy like that but we'll kill you you no count nigger woman and and all this other stuff uh for principle easily could have been tomorrow i mean today workplace racism because it totally is uh but i'm playing it tomorrow just faculty staff educators students nothing no component of the educational system as it is currently constructed is suited for non-white people, black people in particular, because this was a black uh, principle that this happened to, but we'll hear about that tomorrow. Uh, let's see, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, uh, commentary to share, line should be open. Can I be heard? Uh, aforementioned young academic. Yes, sir, good to hear from you. Greetings to Gus, the hosts, listeners, and callers. As a black male, I fear white women because of their ability to seemingly remain innocent while simultaneously upholding the system of white supremacy through deception and confusion, in turn making me feel powerless and invisible. I teach in the same town I went to school in, and things have not changed. For example, when I was attending another school in the area as a student growing up, it was widely known and explicitly stated that a C average was a guaranteed A average at the school I work at now. At the time, I had a friend in danger of failing with a D average, leave our school and attend the one I now work currently because he was failing for a senior year. At the time, he was told to only show up for one class and for lunch. Surprisingly, years later, this still seems to be the case. I work, I work in a school system in which it is a race to the bottom, providing job security for a mediocre white woman. Though this is the first time I've worked around this many black educators, I have come to learn from experience that diversity is another tool of white supremacy operating exactly as it is designed to do absolutely nothing, thus maintaining the status quo. I no longer desire to become an educator because I fear white women and their proximity to me as a black male is dangerous even more now that I'm less confused. For the time, I am working as a teacher before and after school. During the day, I work in the area 
As a long-term substitute teacher, on paper, this job requires me to go into schools and follow lesson plans that are left by principals or the teacher. Most times, these plans are never left and hope to receive more coins. I signed up to become a long-term substitute teacher at a high school. I have worked at I have worked in this capacity in previous years. The job placement would require me to work alongside paraprofessionals and essentially babysit. I don't like the job, but the pay is steady. This is what I thought I signed up for, but this was not the case. I began the year as assistant to the special education administrator. She is one of five administrators at the school I'm employed for. This is her first year as an administrator at this school, and she makes mentions mentioned to quit quite frequently that she uh as soon as she gets the opportunity she is out daily she would make mention of how she may not be around because of other employment opportunities closer to home in other words white areas without negroes the white women who are employed here all live an hour hour away i never signed up to work with this white woman however if I refuse an assignment after accepting it, it is automatically recorded on an electronic record, possibly affecting future employment opportunities inside of the district. The white woman who I work for now is allowed to be unprofessional, and if I didn't play dumb, would have me doing her work, even though she is compensated appropriately. She is allowed to do her makeup and straighten her hair in front of me during her office hours, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Since she is an administrator and most job opportunities are in-house and by word of mouth, I'm afraid to say anything. White woman teachers are allowed to uh, use hardcore curse words within professional settings and get away with it by simply saying, excuse me. I don't use the language at work. When they use it, I act surprised and laugh nervously and look at the floor. This usually makes them comment that I am quiet. I am used to working alone, but as her assistant, I am required to do, to do things other individuals are thoroughly compensated for with salary and insurance. The first two weeks she had me doing her job, which consists of having a caseload of 146 students and going to class to class to make sure that their individual education plans were being accommodated for and all things which she knew that I knew how to do because of my recent teacher licensure attempt. I accidentally let it slip that I received a raise and it is like she tried to work me even harder until my car got broken into and the state-issued laptop that was assigned to me was stolen when this happened, I could no longer do her job appropriately. She tried to fill my days and consume my time with unorganized busy work that was designed to waste my time and keep me on my feet. In fact, it got so bad that she started to loan me out to other teachers when she could not find any busy work for me to do. In some cases, she even attempted to shorten my state-mandated break to 20 minutes instead of 30. One day before attending a meeting, she suggested that I be a gentleman and give her my jacket because she was cold. I did not. We were in a professional development meeting, and I decided to get up and use the bathroom. And when I returned, 
I decided to sit across the room because I was uncomfortable. I was with a newly hired black female who just laughed it off by saying that she loved this white woman who she just met an hour ago. Also, she insisted on telling me that her second boyfriend, because she is married and in a relationship, is jealous that her assistant is a man. I asked her, what does she mean by that? Because I automatically assumed that a black man, she said that he is jealous because he is afraid that she would cheat on him. I responded with silence and then leaving. We are in a pandemic and one of her two offices is located in a space the size of a large closet. She keeps suggesting that I bring a desk upstairs and put it in her small office across from hers. I would not. I kept making excuses because, one, it is not my job to move furniture. I am, a, I am in a shirt and tie. And, two, why doesn't she call the janitor? Three, what about social distancing? After putting it off for some time, she came out directly and told me to go get the desk. And I lied and said I have severe back problems that won't require me to lift. All from my last experience, I fear telling white women no because the consequences may be my career or employment opportunities. As an administrator, she knows that the teachers, the teachers personally who were involved in my licensure attempt. Because of this, I laughed nervously at awkward jokes. For example, she said a joke about her backside and shape and my presence in front of a newly hired replacement. The joke made me feel uncomfortable. I just wanted to disappear. All teachers believe that she is the nicest and kindest. I believe she is using this as a guise to mask her mediocrity. Since I stopped doing her work, another administrator uh, secretly, who she doesn't like, noticed a mistake in which the names and numbers for student contacts were incorrect. She spent the whole day trying to empty her troubles onto me about the mistake, insisting she was, uh, she was working on getting me a laptop. The students are downright disrespectful. They tell her what they are going to do and when they are going to do it. And if she has a problem with it, she can call their parents and get cussed out. Phones are a major problem. The teachers have to compete at entertaining the students rather than educating. While teaching, students are allowed to play music at full volume and watch Netflix and social media. Students arrive to class when they feel like it. This week, a teacher had to stop, step out and I was asked to cover. I was told the students were taking their tests and using their notes. A female student was on her phone cursing someone out at full volume. I told her she needs to get off her phone. She refused and just put the phone on her lap. I decided to take her test away and write a note on top of it for her teacher. Upon his return, he gave back the student's test and let her continue her phone conversation. The white people I work with love to waste their time by telling you how busy they are when they are not. The teachers give students special ed and regular, regular students a copy of the test along with his own completed copy of notes. The test given is an exact copy and the class average is a 26. The seniors I co-teach 
don't know how to write a five-paragraph essay, let alone their college essay. They are allowed to turn in work past the due date. In other words, when they feel like it, students show up to class 30 minutes late and are congratulated to the point where classes stop, stop just to congratulate them for showing up. I was told that social distancing is a recommended three feet and not to freak out about it. The white administrator told students, and I quote, white people love you and they are not bad and white people care about your interests. So you should stand for the flag because people have died for your rights. My workplace racism story for the week. Wowzers. Young academic. I guess it is Veterans Day. They're supposed to do their, you know, jingoistic, you know, let's all God bless America. No count Colin Kaepernick. Can't have another generation of them. Um, Jeez. That is. uh, I don't even know where to begin. My goodness. (laughs) Why? if, If anything, that should be a great PSA. You're an attempted parent or you're thinking about being uh, a parent hey this is what's waiting on your child that should be a serious part of those 200 questions like what are we going to do to make sure that we don't have to send our child into that sort of environment is it homeschooling do they have some sort of independent school you know where in our region or uh, are we willing to relocate to an area where they have that are we willing to see if they're folks in the neighborhood who might be willing to pitch in do some homeschooling local parents we can kind of have a a collective and uh like the caller in georgia was mentioning earlier like hey we all have strong suits right i might be good at math you're good at english we have somebody they're good at history and just kind of go down the line find what we can hopefully we can find somebody who's good at biology so we can have some sciences don't miss out on the stem but it's got to be something a better alternative than this uh, I mean, he said, uh, I believe before we even got to such a, a long list of, of <laughs> terrorism and abuses like <laughs> the non-white children that he said a race to the bottom. He said it's been like that since he was going to school. They're teaching in the same region where he grew up and went to school. A race to the bottom. You get non-white students, victims of racism, white supremacy, and they got this goofy curve. Uh, I don't even know the best term for it, where a C is going to be upgraded to an A. Like what? I know in some environments like a C, that could be like a 77, a 77% out of 100. That could be a C. So you're telling me a 77 could be bumped to an A? Like, woo. I mean, that is unprecedented uh, in my experience uh, in terms of a curve like uh, the, for the for the AP classes and things is generally the other direction. Like, you know, we're, we're going to make this especially difficult uh, for people. But um, I, I'm, I'm always about wearing our own clothes in the workplace. Um, that is not too frequent, but I have heard that before. Let's just wear our own clothes. Take off your coat and be a gentleman because I'm cold. That right there, in my view, is a white woman flexing. Like, it's not just that I'm a supervisor. I'm a white woman. You're a Negro. 
you're not going to tell me no. I don't care what it is. Give me your coat. Go move that desk. Do this extra work that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't care what it is. You don't tell me no. Now give me that coat. Excellent in my opinion. I'm not going to. I'm cold too. (laughs) What are you talking about? You make more money than me. Take yourself to Burlington Coat Factory and get four or five coats. Then you'll be straight. I'm cold. It's wintertime. We're close enough uh, to wintertime. Like we talking about. Give me your coat. The cursing, same thing. I said that long time ago. I came to the exact same conclusion in terms of being able to be totally like lawless in a work environment where you can just come in and, and, and this is not a brothel. This is not a bar. I worked at a comedy club where, yeah, everybody had a potty mouth. Every other word, filth, florin, and forward this and all that. Mm-hmm. That's not this environment. We are educators. We're working with children. Even if they're not here, even if it's a so-called uh, staff meeting, as they say, where it's just us educators, even then, we shouldn't be filth, florin, and florin, and cursing, and blah, all the rest of And, like he said, with the comparison, now, if this was me, black male, I'm in here stingy with my coat and what have you. And I'm like, hell no. What do you think you are? B word? Not getting my coat. Would that be tolerated if I was talking that way? No students around? Same, you know, type of environment? I think he might be, oh, he got this old aggressive, intimidating, unprofessional black male. Might be a rapist. Uh, let's see the black speaking of rapist now she comes in and volunteers anytime where white people are coming in and they want to volunteer information to you like oh yeah my my husband's kind of jealous got this old male assistant I'm sure he knows that she has a black male assistant you're not just a male got this old nigger male assistant mm-hmm <laughs> so though you can give him the straight full around mm-hmm he's jealous thinks I might do some cheating cowbell right there what in the world I'm going to the bathroom like this is right up there with Robert Sarver Phoenix Suns owner none and the easy way for any of these you think really is that Gus is he talking crazy like really is this really you know inappropriate for the way? so black male and again this is not a bar I know some environments where it's a lot more lax and you can talk about whatever that's not the case here we're at the school do you think you could come in and oh yeah I told my wife I've got a female assistant she thinks I might do some cheating on Bill Cosby I would be out of that same response he had with the coat like I gotta go bathroom check on some books in the library make sure my car is locked I'm traumatized about that break in still like since like, oh yeah my cousin my husband he thinks I might be cheating with my old male assistant Ooh, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick I drink a lot of water today I'll be back in a little bit does not get any better than tacky and I might be a total fool that sort of remark I would not be surprised if some white people use that as kind of a, a low key. Let's see, might be interested in moving around. I'll see this comment and see how they respond. Type of a thing does not get any better than tacky. 
Uh, much obliged. And that's the disappointment. What I just said about the educators, right? A caller in Georgia, she called in to share about the report. They got a black male uh, on the front saying, oh man, the teachers are leaving. The teachers are leaving. I said, uh, they don't even hire black male teachers. We don't have black male educators. And he calls in to share, like, come on, come on. Nonsense through and through. In fact, it's so bad. I'm saying, man, I don't even want to continue pursuing this because it's so dangerous. These white women and being in this environment. And then I'm a little bit less confused. If I say no, or don't go along with their agenda, I don't move this desk in a timely manner. She wants to put my desk up in the closet upstairs. I could get in trouble. All the power that these white women have. Let's see. Uh, other folks commentary. They wanted to make sure that they get in much obliged young academic. Hello. Our caller in Georgia. Yes, ma'am. Hi. I guess no one else was saying anything at the time. If they want to chime in, let me know. Um, I, again, my heart goes out to the young man. Um, wait, you sound like you have a lot of sexual harassment claims. And I do appreciate the way the your presentation was given. It was very organized, thorough. You know, if you have to go on trial, take it with you. Um, but I heard a lot of sexual harassment claims. And also, if someone is getting paid to do something and they're not doing it, that sounds like misuse of funds. I will look into whistleblower laws in your area. Um, again, you know, this, I know you may have to go to another field, but, you know, these, you know, I guess, you know, because I'm thinking these are young people, if things aren't getting done, that sounds like a misuse of funds. You can take that to the school board or something. Um, you may have to go that route um, to let people know what's going on. And there also, before you go into make sure you um, look at the re retaliation laws, because if you are a whistleblower, there are usually laws that protect you, that they can't just amplify you. Now, the treatment may be worse. I don't know if you can take that for mental health and mental health is most important to you. you can't help anybody if you're sick mentally physically physically or any other way but um sexual harassment and um misuse of funds whistleblowing laws thank you lots of sexual harassment and at least in my view i know you know some folks might say i don't think that's sexual harassment all she said was her husband do this blah blah blah. he did talk about some of the other reports before when he's called in too but yeah i thought that was a lot of sexual harassment frequently uh it, or yeah frequently it can be difficult to convince people that that is happening if it is a male victim especially a black male victim but yeah everything that we heard in my opinion absolutely qualifies well, especially the thing about the coat, you are a gentleman. She definitely highlighted that he was a man and that he was supposed to go without proper heat because she was a female. That sounds like harassment to me. Hello, hello Gus. I am a, uh, I'm afraid of this white woman. I am terrified of her. And I, I think I just want to focus on my exit. If it wasn't, if I wasn't getting a little extra coinage, I would have been out, but, uh, she she knows the people that uh, literally failed me. It's all an inside job controlled by white women. 
I am not surprised. They are all homies. They might have went to school together. Who knows? Might hang out together now and such and go get a brunch and chat about you. Wasn't there some uh, sexual harassment even with the the your uh, ed school folks as well? Some of the white teachers there where they weren't abusing and sabotaging you. Wasn't there some ooh, maybe young academic? What do you what do you think about uh, interracial relationships? Wasn't there some of that there, too? Yes, there was. With the, uh, I feel like the reason why my program was sabotaged was because I would not date the younger white female that was uh, working with me at my uh, practicum placement. So uh, I originally, I orig- the practicum placement that I was supposed to complete was only supposed to be approximately like four weeks. But because of the pandemic, it was extended from uh from five weeks, they know they it had first started off to six weeks and then they extended it by three months. So uh, they originally had gotten into an argument with the lady that was doing my, uh, she was over, she was a teacher evaluator over my practicum at the school. She got into an argument with the administrator from the college, right? And the argument was essentially over that she had, she wanted to attend her husband's, her, uh, her son's wedding. And she had told me before I began that she was going to do that. And that happened to be the date of one of my observations. And I agreed with her. And then uh, we did the observation and then it, it was an utter failure. And uh, it, it was agreed that I was going to be able to do that observation over again. And uh, what ended up happening was since they didn't get along with the principal and the teacher evaluator, they decided to uh, switch my location that I was doing my practicum placement in to another location that they said was just closer to my home. But I went from teaching 12th grade to sixth grade with no curriculum plan or whatnot. And they just threw me in at the middle of a semester. And she had me teaching a book that was about three different stories, right? And uh, I never read the book. And the whole time I'm teaching, I have this white woman who's a younger teacher, she's hitting on me and I don't want to uh, necessarily turn her down. So I'm like, I'm trying not to be in the hallway with her. And literally the day I turned her down was the, uh, the next day I had my, uh, my last observation. Now, mind you, all the other observations, I passed flying colors at the other location. I just had a last observation here. They use this uh, lapse observation to legitimately flunk me. And uh, literally, because this program was an extra program, I received no financial aid for it, and it was $6,000 out of pocket. That's all of my money in uh, two years that I spent working and going back and forth to school down the drain. Now, in order to become a teacher, I would have to uh, go back to school the uh, regular route and uh, get my master's. And uh, that will require me to uh, start from square one. And all of the time that I spent would just be time that I spent wasted. That, well, in addition to all the sexual harassment, like, man, you talk about being frustrated, angry, depressed, all of the above. Like, man, the wasting time, like, is criminal uh, the way that white people deliberately this is not an accident or anything deliberately waste our time energy resources uh in a work environment we heard the same thing from b in toronto and young academic we heard this uh consistently uh, and i mean that's years 
of your time and energy thousands of dollars and all that studying and everything else and having to get up early in the morning and trudge across town and go to the school and do all that for nothing and then he's no coincidence I've been saying that for years you've been so called hitting on me all this sexual harassment and the day I'm like gonna you know just trying to get through teach these students get through the program curiously the day after all that up you're flunked out. It's, it's just not working. During, during my student practicum placement, I stopped eating. I lost a lot of weight. And it got to the point where she kept she kept asking me every day. Like, she would corner me in the hallway. And I didn't know what to do. And uh, I stopped shaving. And then I, it's like I'm back to square one. So I do not know what path I'm going to take. But because of my fear from for white women... I don't think that this is a, a good place for me. I don't think that this is a good place for a black males in general. And I think that the system is rigged to protect mediocre white women so they can babysit black males. Mm, lots of evidence of that. Um, want to make sure I nab some of the other folks too, but I did want to ask, do you were, yeah, have you, have you given any thought to, do you think it might be any different if you were doing this educational program in a different environment? Um, yeah, where it might be more non-white people, where you wouldn't have as much of a direct threat from white women, or is that? I mean, it might be, might not be logistically possible, but is that an option at all, or something you've given any thought to? The state that I live in now, it's the highest paid for teachers. And uh, they set the trend for the rest of the state, for the rest of the states around. So I know that wherever I go, I'm going to uh, face these uh, problems because it's been this this problem has been written about in uh, a lot of the uh, political journals that I read. And it's 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 white women. They create these uh, standards. Right. There weren't standards created recently, but they create these new standards that allow them to uh, literally keep black people out of teaching. And what ends up happening is, is they introduce the standards like they're uh, they're updating the teaching and they're accommodating all of the students, but it's just a way to uh, filter. It's an elitist filter. And uh, literally, they price me out of the, with the testing and whatnot. I have to. Uh, I would then have to. Uh, it's a new testing requirement that I have to take because I missed the deadline, which is at TPA. I have to take. And pay three hundred and fifty dollars. And since no, since they and back in the day, they used to have a teacher, assign a teacher to come out and watch you actually teach for like class sessions. They don't do that anymore. You now have to video record yourself teaching uh, a whole semester of classes. And if there's like a skip in the video, right? And this has happened to black educators because I've read this in academic journals. If there's a skip in the video. They send your whole uh, video back, and what ends up happening is you have to end up working for free again the following year just to do that video and everything all over. And what ends up happening is I took the uh, practice one. Black people have uh, problems passing that. They took off a they took off the uh, testing the testing standard for that. So now you you have to take it, but it's not it's not a pass or fail thing. You just it's just a requirement now. Uh, the challenging part is the uh, practice too, and I tried to uh, take that in English. And what Connecticut did was it uh, upped the uh, score requirement on the practice too. And instead of 
having you go in and uh, write. Like, the school I went to, which is today, they're still doing the same thing. They all, they're still doing writing, like writing out, like, their essays, five-paragraph essays. They write that out, right? I was taught to, uh, how to formulate my thoughts, how to write things out. When I go to take tests, being that everything is digitized and on a computer, it's hard for me to take and formulate my thoughts and type all of that out without writing it out first. So w when it comes to testing, my problem is uh, trying to beat the clock. I end up running out of time trying to write all of these essays, and I end up beating the clock ends up beating me, and I end up uh, failing. So uh, what ends up happening is that I missed the last scoring requirement which would allow me to uh, basically become a teacher without having to take the EdTPA. But now they have just uh, released this new big test called the EdTPA. And this, uh, this, the last paper I read called Winter is Coming for Black edu Educators. And it talks about the uh, EdTPA test. And it's basically a giant test where you have to record yourself and it's hard to pass. So I don't know where I stand. And on top of this, I still would have to go back to school to get my master's in education because it's a requirement now. So I don't know if it's worth my time and just being around white women. It's just something I would have to uh, deal with. And uh, if they hit on me and I, I cannot claim sexual harassment, then no one's going to believe me. And they're allowed to do, do stuff like this. Like, I, I always feel uncomfortable. Like, at my, during the student practicum placement, it was suggested, even up to, like, the last day of observation that I take this woman out on a date, that I go take this woman out for coffee or whatnot. And I would not. And I felt like when I did not do that, I was failed for that. Because that was essentially my last observation, the last thing that uh, would allow me to become a teacher. And it, I don't know, so... I need my line. Mm. Much obliged for sharing, uh, young academic, uh, systemic. I even pulled up the uh, report that you were mentioning. Uh, winter is coming, forecasting the impact of education TPA on black teachers and teachers of color. Um, I'll post it. Folks want to check out the our report but I mean that is uh, that's when we say system of white supremacy and in my view white people not being ignorant about practicing racism all of this in my view by design uh, to make sure that we do not have black teachers knowing this has been a problem for a long time whether it's coming up with new tests new requirements now you got to go get that masters and spend more and more money and time and energy whatever it is we'll just come up with new things to make it more difficult or rather to ensure we don't have black teachers and as he said preserve welfare jobs for mediocre racist white women teachers not by accident not by ignorance either um, man and he said the same thing we said at the beginning of the program losing all that weight Everything taking a toll on your mental health. I at least think it is super or you said a lot of things that were constructive in terms of things you're trying to do to mitigate all this, but recognizing like, wow, this environment is not healthy for me. Like, look at the impact that it's having on me and my livelihood. Like, do I need to even be around 
these white women or be in this environment, I think that is really healthy. Make an assessment of your environment. That's the exact sort of thing we're talking about with B. I said Pamela Evans Harris, she wrote that in the book. People going on their jobs and then bang, I lost 30 pounds or I gained 30 pounds. Either way, like what is going on? White supremacy, racism, and the mental health mm. impact. Very important for what we, for lots of us, what we experience on these jobs. Uh, let's see. Uh, are there other folks? Can either, I, if you have. Oh, can Nick, I be heard? Nick over the road. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, greetings, Gus. Greetings, uh, fellow codified listeners. Um, I just wanted to say something about the um, homeschooling. Um, I have a, a buddy, well, a fellow non-white victim, black man. He, um, he has twin daughters, and he actually got a tutor for his daughters. And they grades, he said, they, they used to start making straight A's, you know. Um, at first, um, he said they were kind of resistant to it because I guess they felt like um, having or, or having to get a tutor made them feel dumb or not smart or something like that. But he said after they got used to her, they they grades went like straight A's. Um, and it was an episode on um, a show called Arrow where a little well, rich dude went before court and they went through his like um, education, and he was taught by a bunch of tutors at home. Like I guess his parents did send him to public or private school. Um, and it's also a good way to kind of teach. Like you can use things like the YouTube, um, Claude Anderson, Hidden Colors, that type of stuff, and actually have the children look into something that's not really geared to their social uh, propaganda. Um, for the, um, the young lady that um, sent in the email, um, I got a voice recorder for someone because she worked around a bunch of, um, see, like, um, the system like their protocols. There's their policies and how they like things to get done. That's why, like, a traffic stop, you know, my name is Officer this from this department. I pulled you over for this reason. Can I get your, your license or whatever? They go write the ticket, give it anything outside of that. You know that something's wrong. And this is usually where they like to play their, their racist games. So if you just like really stick to the policy and the protocol in your in your company, you'll know when they're about to you know attack you. And it usually happens when there's a lot of talking going on because they like their policy and procedures. Really, not a lot of talking that needs to to go on. So when they get to running their mouth and going off subject that has nothing to do with work. You know, to me, every time they open their mouth, they're lying to me. I just automatically assume that off the top. Get a voice recorder. And as soon as you leave your house, hit the record button. Because as soon as they open their mouth, you want to catch the beginning of everything. And and doing this is not like really to and know your company policy on that and the state law on that, because in most states you can record a face to face conversation. It's just when it's over the phone is where it, it, it gets tricky. Um, it's just like maybe if you, even if you don't use it right then to prove a point or keep something from happening, 
at the end, when they fire you, you can always take those recordings, give them to a lawyer, and they will usually build a case for you. And most of this stuff settle out of court. It's just a timely process. You could wait years for it to happen. But just having that voice recorder, it, it kind of gives you something to look forward to. You don't feel completely hopeless in, in you know, in a little world. Um, and one one more thing I want to tell you, personal experience. Um, 22 days ago, I bought a body camera. And my intentions with this body camera was to start a YouTube channel and show how they, you know, do they racist things. They play their games. But the crazy thing that I found out is that when they see the body camera, they completely change. You can see their mind flip from I'm about to get him to, oh, that's a camera. And it's, it's been like three weeks, and it was like a few nights ago, I thought I plugged it in to charge overnight, and it didn't charge. So when I turned it on in the morning, it went right off. This is the one time that I went inside of the truck stop and didn't have the body camera on me. Within the last three weeks. Um so I went in there just to get some tea in the morning. I get some tea and maybe like a Danish or something because I'm not a heavy eater in the morning. So I go in there, I, and, but I decided I'm going to just get the tea. So I got the tea, and I took it to the counter, and I sat it down. There was a guy standing there, and he looked at me. I'm looking at him, and he just kind of waved me off with his hand. They do that a lot when it comes to, like, tea or coffee or something like that. They just be like, I right, go ahead and get, you know, just – don't worry about it. <laughs> I grabbed the call. I grabbed the tea, and I walked no more than ten steps, and then I hear a female. Are you gonna pay for that coffee? <laughs> I just stopped. I had to close my eyes for a few seconds, and was like, "Wow!" Just at the moment when I didn't wear that body camera, something like this happens. I turn around. I go to pull two dollars out of my pocket, and and let me tell you this: when I walked off, nothing was rung up on the register. By the time I got back to the register, it was rung up on the register, and I just looked at it and I handed the guy um, two. I went to hand him two dollars, but I guess the, the the lady walked up to no, he did. He rung it up. I gave it to him. He rung it up, and I just asked the lady. I was like, "Excuse me, what's your position here?" She told me employee. Her position at that truck stop was employee, not cashier, not manager. So I was like, wow, here we go. So I turned to him, I asked him, I said, are you a manager? And he shakes his head, no. So I allow my legs to just walk me off when I start thinking or feeling a certain kind of way. So I just start walking. I had a lot more that I wanted to say, but I just allowed my legs to walk me off. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how they behave when they see that camera, y'all. It has been nothing but pleasantries. I've been called sir so many times. It's kind of scary to see it come from them. It's, it's weird. It's really weird to see how pleasant they are with me when they see that camera. And um, <laughs> thank you for letting me speak. I'm going to mute my phone.
Oh, Gus, if you want one, I'll, I'll email you the links, put them on your wish list, I'll get you one if you want to see. It's a very interesting experience. Um, I'm you, my phone. Much obliged, uh, Nick over the road. Uh, I guess at least so I can be educated. Let me see the one you got. Maybe you can send me the link to the one you got so I can check it out. Uh, at least if any listeners are curious, I'll forward, uh, once he sends me the one he has so I can, I always like to be aware of the new technology that we can use. So yes, if that's not asking too much, just send me a link so I can do a little research, sir. Thank you kindly. Um, doing it now. That is why I love the experiment too, to see, notice the, the difference. Like you got your camera and that, yes, sir. Can we help you, sir? Anything else to do for you, sir? I, thought I, was, I really thought I was going to start a YouTube channel and just expose them. It has been a completely different experience. And that's what probably actually had made me so kind of soft in my, in my codification that when he waved me off with the coffee, I knew I should have just paid for it. Now I make sure I'm a, hey, you know what's crazy? Even after that happened, I had bought something and I was charged like two twenty nine. So I gave the lady, the cashier, the $2, and I went to go in my pocket to get the 29 cents, and she came back with a receipt and some change. And I was like, well, I thought it was two twenty nine. She was like, oh, you get a discount. I don't know who she thought I was with that body camera on. <laughs> but I just figured if she was going to give me something for free, I was going to tell her I have to pay for it anyway and get a receipt. But she just gave me a discount. Just like what happened at the Whataburger with the manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sending that to you right now. I'm, I'm, uh, let me get it. I'm it to you. Thank you kindly, sir. Like, uh, that and it might be, you know, they don't know. If is this an enforcement official? He's got the body camera on. Like I don't know. Like it could be that sort of thing. So I love it. If anybody else, you know, you have a type of work situation where you could, you know, have that on, even just for experiment's sake. Not that you're trying to get, you know, data and say. I mean, if you work with people that are telling racist jokes and all that, well, then hey, <laughs> right on. That might be reason enough. But yeah, just to see, like, is there a difference? And how people treat you and the way that they talk to you, that sort of thing. Are they on their P's and Q's uh, when you come around? I've said for a long time, hey, we should be functioning like you're being recorded anyway. So if you are super codified, shouldn't be any difference at all. I say, sir, ma'am, all the time, regardless, camera, recording. That's just how I behave. I assume I'm being watched anyway, recorded anyway. Uh, the tackiness over the, the coffee and all that you look at the guy and he weighs it up and have the white women flexing again and the white women say hey stealing that coffee cup where are you going what is going on like I just show him and like I said now you're on the road Nick on the road obviously gotta do what you gotta do we talked about that before and you know having to stop you know the the uh Whataburger or wherever else while you're out all those miles uh trying to do what you do I'm all for trying to minimize that as much as possible for those of us who are not driving great distances. You get to be stationary for your job or what have you. I'm a big advocate, not eating out, bring your own food. I think I mentioned before that they have uh, the little uh, portable refrigerator. I mean, they look almost like a lunchbox. <laughs> like you, you could literally take it to and from work every day and it'd be no big deal. They're so small, uh, so tiny. They're not for 50,000 things. Just whatever you're going to have for that one day, bam, put it in, have it cool. 
have your lunch there but I'm a big ad they even have uh, coffee cups that are absurd like they will keep your liquid warm for like 24 hours so if you have tea or coffee or what have you bam you can just put it in your thermos it'll be hot long time you don't have to plug it in or anything like it's crazy technology that they're coming up with um, but yeah I'm a big advocate trying to avoid that stuff when you can because I would expect that what's your position here employee like that already lets me know like mm-hmm. can't even just get it I'm as she's a cashier manager custodian employee Negro, that's boss to you now pay for the coffee and get out like dang <laughs> like, I'm trying to <sighs> make sure I have my camera on if I have to stop and if I can make sure I don't stop here anymore period like oof. Uh, that's what you can. That's what I said. All of us trying to make sure, if we can, the degree we can, minimize eating out and giving white people opportunities for our coffee and all the rest of it. I guess I'll give my vegan, vegan, plant-based, healthy eating plug in. I would probably try to avoid those Danishes. That is probably packed up with a lot of uh, things that are not going to be good for us. White flour, white sugar probably some additives and preservatives I suspect they didn't make uh, that Danish right there on the facility that day I could be totally wrong but I would probably uh, leave those on the shelves Um, they can keep all their white flour and poison and all the rest of it keep the coffee too really Um, but that is bravo if you do any projects or what have you kind of showing how people have responded with your YouTube and everything let us know great reminder to have folks check what the laws are in your uh, area about recording uh, in person and even if you're just going to use it personally I know some people who just use it they're not taking it to court or giving it to a lawyer or anything but just so that they have a record of what was said and then they can write it all down so they don't have to rely on their memory when they make their notes and documentation bravo to that as well I know for those recorders you said you got a friend to record I know they do have some man it's almost 2022 the technology is out of control they have like keychain voice recorders flash drive uh, voice recorders that really work you know as a flash drive but it's also a recorder pen I mean whatever you would like to spend whatever you're looking for they have some that are recording constantly so you don't even have to worry about oh he's about to tell a racist joke let me hit it nope already recording all you have to do is uh, I think some of them are so simple you just double tap a certain spot and it will send uh, the recording to your email or cloud or you know wherever you designate it'll ship the file off so you'll have it but I mean yeah just depends on kind of what your needs are it is amazing the type of resources that you can get now for recording body cams all of that stuff amazing times that we're in um, let's see did, folks anybody we missed totally with a hand up commentary to share suggestions based on what you've heard we heard our caller in Florida at the courthouse yes sir yes sir thank you very much sir greetings to Gus the host the listeners and callers uh, I had a few reports I'd like to share the first report is uh, from a victim that works on the uh, the other side of the courthouse across the hall uh, where there is a black male civil court director and the white um, gang members, clique members are 
it seemed like they're coming up with more plots to try to undermine the black male. This one was a white man uh, who does trials. They had trials this past week. So he's been arguing a lot with the black male. And I guess this was something about a particular statute law uh, that he went to go ask a white woman about. So this black female caught a glimpse of this, uh, leaving the bathroom and the white woman came back with the white man to the seat that he was assigned and was looking on his computer monitor, I guess, to try to refer to some kind of statue. And he was utilizing this information to go and use against the black guy, the black male, to try to prove him wrong about something. So uh, I guess she said she was going to um, go and notify a black female supervisor that usually talks with the black male about this. Uh, and then she said, once again, her reaction to the, the white woman's reaction to the black female's presence, she tried to make it look like she was just just having a friendly dialogue with the white guy or whatever. But she detected that it was something more um, vicious and something that supports racism. But she made it appear like being deceitful that she didn't try to, you know, help the white man out to uh, to harm the black male. Um, I wanted to share that. And there was a, a, a black female that came in to uh, to get copies. And there was, I have, you know, I just got my plaque, you know, the 10-year plaque. So she was like, so you've been here 10 years? I said, I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, oh, all right, you know, go ahead, black man. You know, see, all of us ain't in jail, right? So I said, you know, I said, thank you or something like that. I, I didn't know what else to reply. You know, she was a friendly uh, customer, but it was, <laughs> it was some other people around and they didn't really seem to look up too much. Uh, there was another comment by a uh, victim of racism uh, about the daylight savings time. She was looking on social media and she says somebody made a comment about um, this daylight savings time got too much melatonin in it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't laugh at that. Nobody did neither. Like the other white person didn't either. It was almost like she tried to look at me to see if I was going to react, which I did. Uh, um, my uh, my next one is there is there was an act of racism I think practiced on a um, on a very massive level because this person uh, was right around us that they were looking for a uh, HR manager or director for at least over a year now. Um, and, you know, I saw a lot of black people, right. Uh, coming in, getting interviews, dressed and, you know, presentable. It was mainly, uh, 
black females, white men. So, you know, they conducted these interviews for at least two or three hours. And at the last meeting last month, the warden said that, you know, we were narrowing down who we are going to select for our HR manager. So just today they put in a newsletter that this person who was already in the office, uh, you know, they said we were grooming and training her. She was a volunteer and uh, we just thought that she would be a great candidate for HR director, you know, white woman, of course. So for some odd reason, one of the uh, paragraphs ended with, well, she's a very nice person. So uh, I'm like, you know, white power being practiced again. You know, she was a, this person. She was labeled as administrative legal or something like that, because we already have a person that handles uh, legal questions and media news requests, public records requests. And this was a secondary white woman that kind of had the same title, was walking around the courthouse and observing things. And I, I think they told her um, that me and this other black female were, uh, you know, um, withdrawn and not like the other black people or whatever. So because she, she seems to be very courteous and show decorum, mentioning my first name and everything like that when she encounters me, but she don't really do that with other people. So I can kind of tell that she'd been informed about, okay, this is the nigga to, to watch. So, you know, I just wanted to mention that. Um, but yeah, you know, she was just given that opportunity just like that. She hadn't been uh, inside the courthouse staff for too long and they just gave her that job just like that. Um, and there was uh, some documents from a uh, a document or some pages from a document from the CDC. It's called the Children Maltreatment Surveillance system or something like that and it's this part where one of them says the sex of the child so it reads just really quick uh it says field values slash coding instructions and then it says m for male f for female o for other and then it says eg hermaphrodite and then it says you for you, uh, I mean, you for unknown and not documented. So it goes into uh, great detail about the the race classifications as well. And I would like to um, read off some of that. Uh, I'll just do it next week. But that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Much obliged caller in Florida. Like I said, man, those jobs where they like explicitly are talking about racial classifications, like we like you can learn quite a bit, especially if they have to go into detail and you might have to be in charge of classifying someone's racial classification and all the rest of it. Like pay attention. That's one that I wouldn't, you know, make statements there either. Just ask questions to make sure you understand things. But oof, pay attention. We will wait until next week hear what they had this is from the cdc so this should be you know big time this should make sense um let's see what do you get from the the courthouse this week 
he has his 10-year plaque. I guess if you get that sort of award or what have you, that might be one thing that I would have in my work area. Not that I would want trophies and that sort of thing to show off, but at minimum, if you know, oh, wow, it's just coming to say some racist jokes. This nigger's been here for 10 years. Wow. Hmm. All right. Like, uh, that might be one. I would keep that there. Um, he says the patron comes in and sees 10 years. Like, wow. Nigger's been working here for 10 years. That's amazing. All of us aren't in jail. Now, I think the exact way that he ends, that's perfect. Much obliged. I guess so. Thank you kindly. Compliment. We can move on, you know, with our day or whatever. Uh, I was thinking like, oof. I don't know if we're all in jail, but they do threaten to shake me here on a regular basis. And in fact, uh, the bailiffs have slammed down black people a couple feet from where you're standing at right now. So... I guess we're not all in jail, but this 10-year plaque is not doing a whole lot to keep me safe in this environment. I'm just trying to get through the day like lots of other folks. Uh, Let's see. The too much melatonin in it? I don't even know where to begin. Like, what? (laughs) Like, uh, especially if the person is looking at me, looking at you, like they want you to laugh or respond. Like, what? Just write that one down and keep on rolling with the day. Like, what? Can't even get it together to process. Um, the white fella going, I guess, to check on the statute. He wanted to, to, I guess, show that this blackmail was wrong. One, there's so much of that in the workplace where white people, really, uh, even beyond the workplace, but they will invest all this time and energy in the midst of a pandemic. We got all these serious problems and things. This nigger is wrong. He doesn't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go get the statue and show him he is wrong. He doesn't know anything. Like, and it's not even in the spirit of we all work together. They, that rubbish that they talk about, we're family and all that nonsense. Like, if the person is in error, it's not like I'm going to get information just so that I can help them. Everybody on the team will now be informed about what correct policy and procedure is, what we're supposed to do, what the statute is, whatever. No, 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 no. That's not it, unless I misunderstood it. That's not it at all. I'm going to get this. If this nigger doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm going to go get this information right now. And he goes to talk, goes to talk to this, uh, I guess it was a black female that he's trying to go get the information. And she sensed like he does not have correct intentions. That's the way I was looking at it. Correct intentions. Are you looking to get this information in order to help this person be a better employee, help us have a better team, that sort of thing? Or do you have incorrect intentions? You just want to show this Negro, you don't know what you're talking about, you're dumb, see if I get him in trouble, that type of thing. And she's sensing like, I'm not going along with this at all. Like something, just something seems all kinds of incorrect about this. Love it, love it. And there's so much of that. Like so, I just put that in the rubric of tacky, sabotaging and tacky. Like you can't even just like, oh, this person's working here. I mean, unless they're doing something egregious, harmful if that's not the case if it's just they made an error what have you like hey this is what it is now we all know make sure people aren't making this error in the forward as we move forward get back to work uh the grooming and training that's that's the compare and contrast now he said they had a white woman who was there she was groomed now she might be super qualified I don't know what her resume looks like like she might have an awesome work history I don't think this is the same white woman who was getting the pedicure while she was doing her interview or what have you so she might be the best candidate for the job fine they said she was groomed 
to be the HR director and that happens a lot with white people they can make mistakes they will have training in a timely manner all of the information so that they can be built up and do a quality job in whatever the position is going to be they can do the same thing for this black fella that this guy is running around and trying to find out what he doesn't know and he's wrong about this and I'm going to show him a that's not grooming that's what I mean about the comparison and contact they could have groomed this black guy to take a position and maybe they run around and say that they do maybe they got that in one of the newsletters that we groomed this black guy to take over it doesn't quite look the same they could groom our caller here they groom him you've been here for 10 years groom him to take a spot why not hey you've done all this great work and put up with that nonsense we put the water on the floor and everything else and you hung in there we're going to move you, move him to the archives department. That would be great. Like We'll do that or whatever else. Uh, human resource. Yeah, we'll put him on track. Maybe you can be direct. You can take that, you know, a few years or whatever the case. They could do that easily. Nah. Grab us one of these old white. He said before they had a white woman. She's going to need a little hand holding. That sounds like grooming too. Maybe even somebody who's being groomed for a position that they're not even qualified for. But whatever. They can do that. They don't go and try to show these white people up. They know oh, you're just ignorant and dumb and you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to embarrass and humiliate you areas where maybe you need additional training. Maybe you weren't trained correctly at all. Or maybe you just yeah need some feedback. Everybody needs that once in a while. We all aren't perfect. Everybody is not ubiquitous and all knowing. just pointing out some of the differences in how white supremacy racism is practiced in the workplace and again some of these things just knowing that can help mitigate so that you, we don't get so frustrated in the work environment we can kind of expect some of these things whether it's the white welfare young academic was talking about unqualified white people getting promotions and positions and all of that that's a big part of white supremacy racism too and then all the sabotage and everything that we get they're trying to show us up make us look bad humiliate and sabotage us in the workplace and we're supposed to have a smile while doing it I don't even know what that means he said this white woman that's being groomed said she's a nice person that may be that's generally not listed in the credentials if you're, especially if you're going to be director like hey experience training what's your performance been like what's your performance evaluations not she's a nice person lots of nice people who are so, yes sir I'm glad you mentioned that um because like the way like the warden the code name the warden she wrote up the uh the first page of the um the newsletter and you know i had i caught on to that house that that she was a she's by the way she's a very nice person in the, in the beginning of it it was saying that the warden was doing two jobs the hr manager and being the chief deputy clerk because the white man um, well, at least from the reports that I've heard was drinking on a job and all of this stuff, but at least what it was suspected that he was. So this person passed away and now that left the void for that position. So she was, um, I guess given that title. So they hadn't replaced the HR position. So this other lady that I mentioned that it said that they said they were grooming and uh, training and everything, uh, I guess, you know, it was mentioned that it's a new budget and everything like that. So, um, you know, the, the white power definitely being practiced there. And, you know, I agree. I thought about that too. And another victim mentioned, why didn't they, 
considered a black male for that position. And the supervisor, uh, it was reported to me that she finally said, hey, you know what? I don't like to make things, you know, because this is the language she used uh, about anything racial. She said this to another black female. But, you know, if he was a white guy, I don't think these uh, these these white staff members would be treating him this way. So uh, she's it seemed like this black female supervisor is uh, starting to notice the reality of the system of white supremacy. Uh, and, and that's all I wanted to add. I know what grooming looks like. I know what that looks like. I've seen that in work environments. Not that I have been groomed for a position, but I know what that looks like. I know what that does not look like as well. You got the black fella and everybody just sits around and complains and grouses and gripes about him. All that that's not being groomed for anything. Flagrantly obvious. He could have, if he had been, just as she said, if he had been white, he probably would have got that position or got any number of position and probably would be having much more fun there. Wouldn't be having all these people grousing and complain about him. I don't know if this is the same fella that the white women had to tell him, hey, you fuss at them. You discipline them. You get on them tell him what to do and all that like probably wouldn't have to get that sort of reminder he, I'm a white man I'm accustomed to telling people what to do I'm in charge I'm powerful I don't have to be like young academic like Ooh, we gotta be careful how I talk to these white women here I might get in trouble even if I'm not talking to them crazy I still might get in trouble might be accused of anything I know what grooming looks like they generally don't do that for black people and or the grooming process gets sabotaged somehow doesn't get any better than tacky uh, even at the or especially maybe it should be uh, especially at the courthouse uh, we will wait for next week for the racial classifications bated breath I don't know what all it is about the gender thing too like I would have some like really am I is somebody else supposed to fill this out for hermaphrodite like woo let them fill out the form. How are you supposed to verify this? Like, if they put this information down and racial classification and all the rest, I'm supposed to look at this like, hmm. So you've marked other for gender. What specifically? Or are they filling all this out? Like, man, gender confusion. We talked about that before. Waiting on the racial classification. And even that's another one. I would end up wasting a whole lot. Or I don't know if it's wasted time, but does this make sense when I look at these classifications since this is supposed to be a serious government form people might use this material to get their uh, with the passport or you know whatever else these are serious government for all time sake documents they say like this should make sense all of it the gender classifications sex classifications the racial classifications all this should make sense if this should be something where people come here to fill out the form we're like what what does this mean and I'm looking at them, that's the same question I had man I don't know Pick with the best, do the best you can with it man We shall see what the government officials in Florida have come up with for their demographic forms. Uh, much obliged caller in Florida. We did, I guess, a couple minutes of OT today, but that's fine. Um, all I can say, like, man, I uh, will reach out to be in Toronto. Not now because it's too late. Uh, but over the course of the weekend, maybe I'll have chatted it up with her before we get to the compensatory call in tomorrow. But mental health is super serious. 
uh, so many black people all over the world uh, end up being really traumatized and suffering uh, from things that happen to us in the workplace, like a lot of things that we heard today, even young academic be in Toronto. A lot of the folks who shared uh, take that seriously. We heard it twice. If you're at that point, you're not sleeping, you're not eating or you're overeating, oversleeping or whatever the case may be, where things are just not in balance. You're feeling depressed, suicidal thoughts, any of that. Reach out for help, professional assistance. If you have folks, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have uh, folks that you talk to, victims of racism, where they have some understanding of racism or what have you, reach out. Even that, you do not want to be by yourself where you don't have folks that you can reach out and talk to and just having to deal with all of this abuse. And it's just every day. And sometimes it's escalating abuse every day take that serious get the help that you need white supremacy racism <clears throat> frequently destroys mental health for black people dr welsing said for years we do not qualify for mental health under the system of white supremacy these type of incidents can provoke can provoke acute mental crises take it seriously do what you can. Nothing is more important than your health. Nothing, no job, no nothing is more important than your health. Uh, much obliged <clears throat> uh, for everyone who uh, joined us this evening. Hopefully it was worthy of your time and energy. Uh, again, we'll be here tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need water. Get my water. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow for our compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, sobriety would be best now we just heard that uh, caller at the courthouse talking about the fellow that left the job was drinking on the job like come on I'm sure the black fellow that they all sit around and grouse and complain about I'm sure at minimum he's not a drunk I could be wrong but I haven't heard any evidence of that so at minimum at least he's sober and trying to get some of these problems and things done get some work done in the courthouse there man stay sober we will need high functioning brain computers to solve our problem uh, if you're out and about, you see someone being loud and hostile, exit. Uh, you do not want to be in verbal confrontations with strangers. You should be thinking this person could be armed. He, she could have an entire armed entourage at the ready. If you didn't leave your residence prepared to die and or kill, exit. That is the safe strategy. Way too much danger, uh, way too much violence as we go into 2022. Uh, if you're driving, you are sober, buckled up, and you are not on the cell phone, uh, just trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. All that said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's brother. Victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up.
A man has programmed my condition. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. 